Jack, joined as always by my co-host Levi Dunning. Hey, and uh, Tyler Alabadi. Hello. Uh, so I just kind of sprung it on this time. We we uh, we went in real tight uh, and just uh, we're, we're doing the episode, y'all. He just likes to start uh, recording in the middle of whenever he wants. <laughs> I, I mean, I almost did when y'all were talking about green juice for thirty goddamn minutes, but I decided <laughs> I was going to let y'all get that out of your system. We talk about it again. About you know the good stuff. Is this not a podcast about green juice? I mean, it could be. Same guy, different movie. I'm the same guy. I just am moving differently because of the green juice now. This movie's about green juice. I feel like that's we're like three years away from that. Like it, it's going to be about a guy who uh, tries to get into the green juice game and he gets beat up by hippies. Flubber. Uh, uh, and he's going to be <laughs> played by uh, probably Jason Bateman on his return to comedy after his uh, dramatic turn with uh, Ozark. Um, and he's going to get uh, beat up by Cheech and Chong, who come out of retirement just to beat up Jason Bateman. It sounds like such a boring movie. Hey, it won two Oscars. Don't you <laughs> hate the 2022 Oscars? Jason Bateman is also the perfect casting for, like, guy, you know, normal guy trying to get into a new industry that, you know, like, trouble oh, is God, beset was, upon him, you know? I think he was in yeah. a movie with Mila Kunis where that was the exact premise. Extract. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah he's, there we go. Who's, Incredible. Who's the Who's the other guy in that movie? Um, what's this? Uh, um, 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 guy from Whiplash, and he calls everybody uh, Dingus, or or Boy Genius. J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah, oh, we're oh, just gonna and, remake uh, Extract, but make it worse. <laughs> so luckily, uh, we are not uh, writers. We are just people who uh, decide to talk about movies. Uh, the premise of this movie, because sometimes we don't really, our podcast. This isn't a movie. Uh, is we pick an actor, uh, we watch about ten of their movies, uh, and then uh, we uh, make a timeline uh, where you have a character going through their entire timeline instead of a different actor, showing their strengths and ability to change and nuance. No, 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 it's a character, and you have to figure out how they got from each unlikely scenario to the next. Uh, so for this week, uh, we went with uh, Tyler's pick, uh, Mr. Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. It's my boy. Fort Worth, Texas, baby. I, he's got a little bit of a twang. I, I hadn't noticed it, I guess, previously, but he does, he, he's got a little bit of that Texas drawl he brings out sometimes. Oh, he's uh, great. He's, he's, yeah, it's incredible. Um, I think that I thought it was an affectation at first. Like you thought he was, you thought he was like uh, Daniel Craig, and he just discovered the Southern accent. Well, He's well, like, I'm well, gonna have fun with this. Daniel Craig is is fully immersing himself in the goofiest thing he can every time he does that. But no, I just I thought that he was always like playing Texas, and it. Do you all think yeah. Daniel Craig's getting an American passport or no, 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 American citizenship just so he can live in Georgia? Because yeah. he's apparently decided he likes that more than so anything. he can eat donuts, dude. You guys have have both of you guys seen Logan Lucky? No. Yeah. People but, have been singing the praises of Craig and Knives Out, and in Logan Lucky, he is—I mean, it's not as—it's not as you know, dyed in wool ham, but it is yeah. fucking great. I don't and know. I was thinking, 
Well, we were asking. Well, yeah, it's hammy, but it's. I mean, Knives Out is just something that's like. I don't think I've ever seen something that's silly in like a lead role in a yeah. really yeah, long time. Um, in in Knives, Tyler, you or Jared, I can't remember which one of you posed the question, but one of you asked about getting if you if there was a character uh, that you would get their tattoos. Oh, um, and Tyler said uh, Woody the Woodpecker from Nick Cage in, in Raising Arizona. Mm-hmm. And I realized that D- I've seen Logan Lucky like three times now. And I think Daniel Craig's like, you know, prison tattoos in that movie are the ones that I would get. Okay. Oh, I thought it would be him in the backseat when he's uh, changing in his clothes. So like him. A tattoo of? No, no, no. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, the question was you, you would have to transpose their tattoos on transmute their tattoos onto your body. Right. Not characters but of the like movies. The idea of, like, getting the character from the movie. Yeah. Yeah, there were two separate questions, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Yes. But, so yeah. you're going with Daniel Craig's tattoos from Logan Lucky. Exactly. I would not get a Logan Lucky tattoo, no matter. <laughs> I mean, I that movie is a masterpiece, in, in my opinion. You would opinion. get Adam Driver with a fake arm. Oh, dude, yeah. If if I could, if, if tattoos had sound and I could get a tattoo that said cauliflower, like he says it in that movie, <laughs> I would get that. So you would get a gif of Adam Driver tattooed on your body? Yes, if, if this were Harry Potter and now. I could get a gif My, tattooed yeah. on me. Oh, man, in Harry Potter, do they have moving tattoos? Uh, they're yeah. pictures. They had moving pictures. But, yeah, but the tattoo, yeah. didn't the tattoos move also? Uh, yes, you're right. The, the, specifically the Death on Eater Sirius. ones. Yeah, the Death Eater ones, the snake would start to slither when Voldemort was near, right, or something weird. Do you think they had, like, old-timey, horny sailor tattoos where it's, like, the, the pinup girl? So you just got, like, a like a pinup girl that's, like, shimmying? In Harry Potter? Tattoos? Yeah. Are there wizard sailors? You that's a great are idea. entering into territory that I'm unwilling to <laughs> cross into. Oh, I'm all for because it. Because you'd get so excited. Let's make a movie, like baby. That would just be the rest of the episode. Let's make wizard a movie. Sailors. Well, Tyler also knows that I can't. If somebody says, let's make a movie, baby, I probably am not going to back out. You know? <laughs> I'm glad you said that. That's, that's the hottest it. sentence. Yeah. I know it sounded disingenuous, but I meant it. That, uh, Levi commits to the bit as hard as Jared does to everything else. It's when the phrase, let's make a movie, baby. Like, yeah. that's your kryptonite. Yeah. That, that, that is you being called chicken is let's make a movie. Like, I have some terrible pages I want you to read. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> I'll give you notes. Yeah. I have been called Hollywood twice in my life. Oh, called, uh, dude, they called me. I, I worked. So I worked at an HEB when yeah. I was, because uh, it was like just out of high school for like a year. And uh, a few of the people on staff there called me Hollywood because I like uh. told them I went to California to visit my dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's tight. Did you convince them that your dad was, uh, I don't know, Jack Black? No, I wouldn't let them look at me or talk to me. So oh. that all happened. Oh, okay. Like in not to not to steal your dad's thunder or yours, but I have told. I, I won't tell him on the podcast, but I have told a lot of people your sto- your dad's stories from like living in LA. Yeah, yeah. Like there's the, a few his, good ones that yeah. I probably will not uh, mention on mic. Um, but I'm sure there's a few that will come up organically eventually that I can talk about on mic. Absolutely. Yeah. What Absolutely. actor would we have to do to get your dad to be a guest host? I want this. this to be a surprise, like like Double Jeopardy. Like <laughs> I want to. <laughs> no, don't say it. I was it. No, I would, you know what's funny? I'm gonna bleep that out now, and people are gonna be so fucking yes. curious. Yes, bleep it out. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it. yeah. I'll say it again just so that it can be extra juicy. <sighs> Oh man, I can't <laughs> you believe don't you even dropped know. that. Oh, God. Yeah, no, yeah. You don't even know what he said. I know, yeah, nobody knows. But, hey, uh, that, you know, uh, 
Can I bring that? This just brings me up to a good point, actually. Can we talk about this for a second? Yeah. Our uh, It's our first advertiser, guys, Bagel Bites. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that why your name is Bagel Bites? Bagel Bites. You ever... <laughs> You ever sitting around watching watching Netflix, watching your Bill Paxton movies, trying to keep up with the Hog Boys, and you think, man, I'm super hungry. You look in your freezer, there's nothing there. <laughs> you open your fridge, there's nothing there. You open your freezer again, bagel bites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can have them look- delivered to your door in minutes. Call ba- go to bagelbites.com slash code uh, hog time. For uh, your free promotional <laughs> bag of uh, bagel bites, um, and if you hey guys, if it doesn't work, com is available if we want to buy that right now, and we can have it direct to our podcast. Wait, there's no bagel bites. Bagel bites don't own bagelbites.com. It just uh, the site can't be reached. Well, let me see. It might be an internet I'm, thing. Y- y'all continue. I'm gonna I'm okay. Gonna buy this but, okay, so, I'll continue the ad read whenever but, Tyler's j- done. Yeah, with just this just make they sure they sent me some copy. Yes, um, and make sure if if you can't, um, if you can't find the link. To uh, get your free bag of bagel bites uh, via Hog Boys, uh, call them at their contact number. Just make sure to mention Hog Boys. Oh, never mind, they do have bagel it. bites. Yeah, got them. <laughs> the ba- the bagel bites offer is good for uh, a few flavors. We have the uh, Paxton pepperoni. Um, there's Ryan Gosling raspberry. Those those aren't good. Don't get those. Laura Dern Hawaiian though surprisingly works. Yeah, gold the gold bloom ones are are everything bagels. Um, <laughs> Schmear. Yes, yeah, with schmear. The delicious bagel bites are a frozen snack pizza bagel. It's everything in one. Uh, bagels, pizza, bagel bites. Got them. Is that really? Is that their? Uh, is that their slogan? No, I just no, I just wrote it. We'll go to their web, read their slogan, and then we can send it to them and try uh, and get some cash. I looked and it just said pepperoni. Hold on. Well, pepperoni. Everybody, <laughs> bagel bites. Pepperoni. They got a famous. Yeah, they have to pay line. us a few bucks every time we say pepperoni. Pepperoni. Bagel bites. Your mom's dumb. <laughs> We're actually. Can we change the name of our podcast for to, when your parents really don't love you? To, to pepperoni. <laughs> Man, my, my mom got me bagel bites because she loved me. I'm just I know. Saying. So there's bagel uh, bite, a latchkey kid's best friend. You, there you, you guys go. have both like met that. the twins. My my friends Travis and Taylor, the twins. Yeah. They uh one time we were all like one of the twins and us were all hanging out and we got a text from the other twin that said um hey come over my mom just made bagel bites. <laughs> and we all went over and there was only like one tray of 12 bagel bites and we did, we had to share and it was kind of <laughs> lame but oh no. Thank you. Uh Jared Dan, Dan uh just made coffee because he's the best. So let's keep these mics hot, but I'm going to stand up and and go for about 30 seconds to get some coffee. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, sauce for a mouthwatering flavor that excites the taste buds so you can taste them with your buds. Bagel bites. Pepperoni. Got them? That's great copy. Thank you. See so your taste buds, so you can taste them with your buds. I I I said the last part. Oh, that's it you. Lot, it says something something taste buds, and then I was like, "Say so you can taste them with your buds." Oh wow, they owe you money yeah. in a real way. So if you need a copywriter, Tyler is available. Yeah, no shit. Very. Thanks, oh. guys. We got to take another hack at that uh, that green juice screenplay now that we're warmed up. Not really. Please move. No. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Let's do it. The next segment. (laughs)
<laughs> uh, I mean, the next segment, obviously, is, uh, just because Tyler hasn't talked enough, uh, Conspiracy Corner. Tyler's Conspiracy Corner. Tyler's Conspiracy Corner. Tyler's Conspiracy Corner. Yeah. All right. Hey, everybody. Tyler Alabeda here again with Conspiracy Corner. Thanks for having me. Thanks to be here. That didn't make sense. Happy to be here. But I am thankful to be here, too. <clears throat> Bill Paxton. Uh, I won't get into it, but we all know. I don't know if you've looked, if, if uh, my friends have looked. I know they're not here right now. It's just you and me, guys. But uh, he did have an untimely death, and it is unfortunate. But I won't actually delve into that right now. We'll get into that later with the, with the, with the rest of the Hog Boys. What I want to talk about is uh, my conspiracy theory... And it's actually unrelated to his death. Um, my conspiracy theory that I've uh, I've sort of concocted here myself. I uh, I found something very uh, very alarming about Bill Paxton, but um, I think it's probably contrary to what a lot of people think. It's um, definitely goes against the grain, but it's it's also maybe the shortest conspiracy theory I've ever I've ever sort of discovered here. Um, and I believe in it wholeheartedly. Here it is. Bill Paxton worked in Hollywood for three decades and never did anything wrong. <laughs> and he was happily married, and he was just an overall super cool guy. I, I actually, I, I know normally we leave. I, I came back because I, I actually have something to add to uh, Conspiracy Corner. Yeah. Um, uh, it's I, I know it's weird to get into, but I, I, the real reason he got sick, I, I don't know if people know this, um, it's kind of like a, a Samson scenario. Um, he got his gap fixed, uh, and that's when things went downhill for him. Because uh, his power came from his gap. Like I, I, th- I think once he got that fixed, like everything just went downhill. It was, it was, are we? He chopped his hair. Are we actually going to talk about? <laughs> Never mind. Do you want to talk about his death at all? Because there is some stuff around it that is unfortunate. I mean, I think that you can talk about that. I, sure. I'm, at, I'm not in the room right now. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I'm sure that if if it's not good, I can just cut it out. It's not conspiracy Levi's related. Currently, uh, cashing our checks from Bagel Bites. Yeah, Bagel Bites got him. Pepperoni. Pepperoni. So, uh, no, I just we can talk now. Conspiracy Corner, I think, is thoroughly done. I don't know. If, is this still Conspiracy Corner? I don't know. So, anyways, uh, did you guys look into Bill Paxton's death at all? Like how he died things around and all like, that stuff. He had like rubella when he was real young and it like messed with his heart. Yeah. Uh, and then he got it replaced and then it did not go well. When I heard the his family actually in like 2016 or 18, I can't remember, they actually, I don't know if it was successful or not, if it's still ongoing, but they're like, they were suing the doctor, I mean the surgeon in like the hospital for like wrongful death because Ooh. they, apparently he like, had heart disease he had this experimental operation done on him but the doctor i was looking into it apparently the doctor didn't they they especially they essentially claim like he was out of his depth and like not shouldn't have done anything like this and like he wasn't prepared to do it but he just took it and he didn't tell bill about any of the risk involved and he just did it and apparently he kind of botched it and then even when there are complications in the in the uh in the like during the procedure when he wasn't there like when things started going wrong with like his one of his arteries and stuff because as a result of like him not doing a great job he like didn't go in there 
like other people had to resolve it and then he had to have a second successive like emergency surgery and then his family said the 10 days right after that surgery his health just declined and then he finally like had a stroke so yeah because like, he convinced. he was alive for some time after that first surgery correct yeah, yeah like a couple like, weeks yeah and that was, and yeah it was longer so, but that's yeah that it's is a uh i'm sure that there is you know it's there's definitely easier conspiracy theories, like easy conspiracy to reach for there. But, you know, he's our boy, and it's sad that he died. And Absolutely. It, uh, it's something that I – can I – do you guys know that Bagel Bites are only available in six flavors? And one of them that. is Extreme Nacho. So only one of them is not pizza. But I, I have a question real quick. They did discontinue the breakfast Bagel Bites. I know, way. and I, I've had them before, and they're, uh, you know, they're Bagel Bites. Uh, pepperoni. <sighs> But how much do you guys think – so Bagel Bites sold to – it was purchased by Heinz in 1991. How much do you guys Heinz think – Heinz, not young brands. How much do you think that Bagel Bites were worth in 1991? Don't answer if you know the answer. I think they were worth – how much did Tombstone cost? That's <laughs> how much, my what was the What was the budget of Tombstone? Yeah, I'm going to say what, like $200 million? Okay, you got two hundred million. Tombstone only costs twenty five million dollars. That's which wow. is which is amazing. And I wanna I wanna talk about that later. But uh Jared, we have we have we have two hundred do you wanna go with twenty five million or two two hundred? Bagel, bagel bites was twenty tombstones. Twenty it was twenty oh, so not looked, pizzas, the movies. It cost you looked 20, it up. It would, no. Oh, so you think it costs twenty so you're saying two hundred and fifty well no, because that would be that would be ten. So you're saying five hundred. Yep. Okay, Jared, what about you? I was going to say $750 million. Uh, Tyler, with his 20 tombstones, is exactly on the money. (laughs) (laughs) Bagel Bites sold in 1991 for $500 million. And Tyler just got it right, not only by guessing the number, but by putting it into a (laughs) unit of tombstones. (laughs) The serendipitous nature of the universe just happens sometimes. That wow. is that is wild. Wow, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. So yeah, so this is a podcast about bagel bites. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I think I'm we also still sh- flabbergasted by bagel bites are worth five hundred in ninety one dollars in ninety one. That's like a that trillion dollars in today's before money. Before the year before Tyler and I were born. Wait, and me. I was eating those. Oh yeah, because you're ninety two also, Jared, right? Yeah. Oh my god! We're all ninety-two babies. I, for yeah. some reason, I was thinking that you were ninety-one, but I keep forgetting I'm older than you by a you few months. Th- you think I'm old, but really, I just am ragged. <laughs> yeah. I am well lived. <laughs> yeah, we're just haggard. Um, but yeah, five hundred million. You guys, uh, you guys want to talk about movies? Not yet, <laughs> Tyler. Tyler <laughs> no. Not yet. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We can. I mean, I don't. Wait, know. do you have any corrections from uh, our last episode? Uh, uh, I have like one, oh, yeah. one housekeeping thing, and then I have like one Paxton thing before we get into like the ten movies. Okay. Um, the housekeeping isn't really housekeeping. It's not a correction. It's not my correction corner. Um, it's just that I forgot to talk about when we were talking about the fly. I think the most interesting thing about that movie, context-wise. Um, David Cronenberg's The Fly, starring Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis for a little orientation, uh, was one of the few movies that Mel Brooks produced secretly. So Mel Brooks obviously is a very popular actor-director, and I just think it's uh, – he – I forgot to mention that he uh, put 
his name on a lot of productions and then there's a short list of movies that he produced and had a lot of influence in and kind of pulled you know many rabbits out of hats to to make um the list being the fly the elephant man my favorite year and francis and every one of those movies has gotten at least a couple of oscar nominations a couple of them many more and many wins yeah um and I think it's interesting, like, he just, he hid his involvement because he felt that people wouldn't take the film seriously. I um, almost feel guilty that even knowing all the movies he's involved in, Blazing Saddles is still my favorite Mel Brooks movie. It's a great movie. I mean, are we counting the secret product? Like, because if Elephant Man's yes. on the list, then that's like, I mean, it's it's like an all-timer for me. But, I mean, yeah, Blazing Saddles fucking rules. I mean, Mel Brooks is like, his resume is, uh, you know, it's not irreproachable, but he's a fucking hilarious guy mm. who made a lot happen in elephant man elephant man's interesting too because it really lends to the idea that like brooks i think you were saying something like this but yeah like he just saw the talent and he just had an eye for it even though we know him as like the silly guy you know and makes a bunch of spoofs and parodies like he he knows talent when he sees it man and he took a shot on like lynch you know and like that's pretty incredible took a shot indeed elephant man came out years before blue velvet was even out so he saw eraser head which is you know a very very strange and non-linear and non-literal uh, like expressionist film yeah. uh, by a kid in art school who you know made a movie that didn't cost a lot of money and he was like this man is going to direct my oscar horse this year and i <laughs> yeah. won't tell anybody that i'm doing it and he fought with studio heads about it he's a g man i just think it's it's yeah. amazing um now he just eats eats chickens that's what he does yeah i uh i that's my only it's not really correction or housekeeping and it's probably not even as interesting as it would need to be to warrant being brought up in the next episode but i wanted to say what's your paxton fact uh well there's also one more thing that i want to introduce to y'all there's i think uh i want to know at the end when we do our three what if any of these movies fall under the cats and dogs line for you because <laughs> there's like that. movies are all either under or over the cats and dogs line yeah um jared's is pretty high yeah cats well, and dogs I, line oh absolutely and yeah, yeah everyone has everyone has a unique cats and dogs line yeah um and i just you know i well and it's cats and dogs is a movie that i i think is good but i probably have a lot more affection for most movies than i do for cats and dogs so. but i feel like there are movies definitely that would surprise us all that you pick over under like that you exactly. think cats and dogs is better than which i think mm-hmm. is very interesting exactly so the cats yeah. and dogs line i just want to you know we can i'll maybe try and shorthand it later but i just want to introduce the now i'm literally every movie i see or, now are you above or below the cdl yeah, yeah and i every movie i'm looking yeah. at now is either i'm thinking of it whether it's above can or I, below the cdl can i ask something mm-hmm I don't want to derail us here. Matrix Reloaded, Cats and Dogs. Because we've been so on the, on the rails so far. <laughs> yeah, I we've been, I like yeah. the Matrix sequels a lot. I think they're both. I think they're both above the Cats and Dogs line. Cool, I do too. I just uh, I know a lot of people don't. So great question, Tyler. Thank See, you. the interesting thing about those is like it's the same sort of thing as Cats and Dogs. It's like you have affection for those movies, but when's the last time you saw them? Like, quite, yeah, watching yeah. them now, would it be the opposite of Cats and Dogs, where you're like, I thought that movie was just goofy when I was a kid, but now watching it, it's like, oh, it's got some moments. Watching what? those, would you think, I thought they were good, and now they're below the CDL for me? No, because I think the Wachowskis are legitimate 
geniuses and like while they like take dogs. they take way too many swings pretty often and they they do a lot of stuff that i think is they pile on a lot of things that don't work on top of each other sometimes but they're just such intelligent filmmakers that like i yeah there's no way that those movies aren't you know completely 1000 percent empathetic and can, can I, interesting yeah, on that point i i realize when i'm tired i like um What's that movie? Oh, Cloud Atlas. I like it when I'm tired, but when I'm when I'm totally <laughs> when I'm awake, delirious, that movie yeah. is great. But when I'm awake, I'm like, oh, okay, I see what I see. What's going on here? <laughs> I think sense? almost everybody had an experience with that movie where you were like, man, Cloud Atlas is gonna be great, and then you were like, wow, Cloud Atlas is kind of nonsense, and then you give yourself some time to separate from it, and you go back, and you're like, I can't believe they did that in Cloud Atlas, and like, yeah, it just, yeah. I've, that's my that's been my experience at least is i've found myself pretty consistently amazed by it after my initial disappointment yeah. i'm just like wow i can't believe that happened in cloud atlas i can't believe i remembering yeah. this correctly yeah you yeah know? yeah true um, it surprises you about it like aliens our first movie in the tin uh oh uh well we didn't watch titanic and so i wanted to just talk about the titanic clam chowder like, you guys know oh, about the yeah, titanic yeah, yeah. clam chowder <laughs> yeah so what everyone yeah, yeah. on set there was one of the craft services tables on the set of titanic in the middle of shooting had a big old pot of clam chowder at it that was As spiked you do, you, yeah yeah you just leave that out yeah perfect you, yeah just have for, hot day. for hundreds of people to eat in the middle of a long day clam chowder <laughs> uh, that got spiked with pcp oh my god uh, oh, i thought it was acid pcp no, is so much worse yes it's pcp uh there's two of these, I guess, because so yeah, there. Uh, Paxton tells a great story about being on PCP and and James Cameron and he realizing that they're on PCP, and like everybody went to the emergency oh, room man. and Bill Paxton said that he like basically drank a twelve pack and just like waited it out at his trailer and just tried oh, to drink God. a bunch of beer to like level it out, you know. Whoa. And he said he passed the time by just drinking as much beer as he could, That's which Texas I think is such a do. fucking Texas guy. Yeah, Fuck exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, he, heck yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to cuss. Yeah. Hey, it's all good. I'll believe it. Also, I'm impressed that Cameron's like, oh, no, no, that's PCP. I recognize this. Well, no, I yeah. don't, th- yeah, I don't think anybody knew what was going on uh, until, you know, much later on. So everybody but- took their clothes off? Well, so everyone was like, we are clearly on drugs. Something has yeah, been, something went you know, wrong. tampered Leo with. tried to eat Crazy. Billy Zane's face. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't I know have... how many people actually ate it, but I, I, they, yeah. I supposedly hundreds of people went wow. to the emergency room. I didn't realize how much of, uh, by the way, Bill Paxton and James Cameron are like a thing until like really watching all these movies. I'm like, oh man, James Cameron really likes Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton was the one who told James Cameron about 9-11. <laughs> Like James Cameron didn't know about it. And Bill Paxton James was like, Cameron, when 9/11 happened, James Cameron was in a submarine <gasps> because that's the kind of guy he is. Oh yeah, that makes sense. With like a couple yeah. of crew members. Yeah. Bill Paxton waited around on set, or I don't know if it was a set or whatever. You know what Ghost of the Abyss is? Yes. It's like that dock that they made. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So Paxton is in that. Like Paxton and Cameron are the guys of in it, and yeah, wow. apparently Paxton waited around for Cameron to come up so he could tell him what happened. Oh my gosh! That's, that's how close crazy. they are. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. So cool. Yeah. I'm. That's I'm, a huh. weird, weird way to trace how close you are. Are you oh. a 9/11 friend? Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's, did Did you or me tell you or me about 9/11? 
Yeah. Oh. yeah. The TV is my best friend. The TV that was in my elementary school because it's what told <laughs> me about 9-11. I, I love – Tyler, you yeah, teed this... me up for that so well, by the way. I had that in my back pocket. I'm yeah, just, I didn't know. Oh, by the way, my 9-11 friend. What is My third grade teacher, Miss oh. Ward. I'm surprised I pulled that name. She told you, didn't like show you on TV or anything? Did she explain the significance? I don't remember. I just remember I was in third grade when 9-11 happened, and I pulled okay. her name. So. Okay. Yeah, that's about All right. It. So, aliens. Yeah, aliens, baby. So, Paxton was in Terminator, uh, died pretty quick. Uh, he's the, the punk that gets killed. Uh, Got a great gap. And Cameron's like, I like this kid. Let's put him in aliens, give him a little bit bigger role. Is that really, like, his first big role? Terminator? Yeah. No, I mean, uh, well, aliens after that? Yeah. Yeah, because he's, like fourth build with nothing on his resume he's yeah. he apparently kind of ran with the character a little bit like you know his most famous line is game over man you game know? over yeah. man game, game over man. he yeah. uh well, he, he apparently improvised that with bishop <laughs> and the knife uh... yeah yeah there oh yeah go. that's great yeah. that's also apparently in the it was just supposed to be bishop holding down paxton's hand or hudson's hand um and the what's the actor that plays Bishop that's also in Near Dark's name? Jared, oh, who's got uh, IMDb up? Uh, Lance Henriksen. Henriksen. Henriksen yeah. uh, was like James, or everybody calls James Cameron Jim. Like they fucking know him, which <laughs> drives me nuts. But he he was like Jim. I'm gonna put my hand on top of his, and just to show that I'm not afraid of cutting my own hand because I, you know, it's about to be revealed that I'm a synthetic or whatever. And Jim was like, Yeah, that's great. Do it. And so, like, apparently there was a ton of collaboration specifically between the three of them, which I guess Tyler was talking about how that kind of extends into Near Dark, which is yeah. the next picture that they're both in. And I just think it's cool thinking about Bigelow, Cameron, Paxton, and Henriksen having this kind of open creative channel where the characters are shaped so much by the people that are in them. In movies that cost as much as Aliens, I think that's something really special. Yeah, good point. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I, that, that I mean, obviously everybody here loves aliens, right? We're all obviously. we're all huge fans. How much yeah, do you obviously. think the budget of aliens is? Seventy-five million. That's a good guess. So it's estimated as being eighteen, eighteen mm. five. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's maybe the. The, I'm so shocked that I'm so far off on a movie that I've seen this many times. But I guess that makes sense. It's all practical. They, there's not a lot yeah. of CGI. They built yeah. the sets, which I think sounds expensive, but there, there's a lot of reusing on these movies. And, and like, True. there's a lot of actors who go on to be big, but they weren't huge at the time. I mean, Sigourney's the biggest name. Yeah. Sigourney's probably the only one that got paid over a million dollars to be in this movie, if that. Yeah. You know, like everybody else is doing it for, for – I'm sure there's a lot of SAG minimums, you know. But, uh, but yeah, this movie is fantastic. Um, solidifies that I, I love the idea of a woman that could kick my ass. You, she has a husky voice, too. You're into the husky voice. Yeah, yeah. Emma, Emma Stone, Scarlett Johansson, DM me. <laughs> 
you're gonna cook them. You're gonna cook them pasta prima Paxton. Oh, pasta prima Paxton. We'll get into that when okay. we uh, when we get but, to those. Yeah, Aliens has a great just because I I want to shout out any great or not great. Like if there's an outlier on the bell curve of like physical releases for these, I want to shout it out. There's an incredible uh, box set for all six Alien films. Um, Don't you have that, Levi? I do, and Aliens has a great restoration, and it has a director's cut that's like 20 minutes longer, and it's mostly mostly fa- familial stuff, like kind of shaping uh, like like Sigourney's daughter and a little more Newt, um, mm. which I think gives a lot of the situations that they're put in a little bit more emotional weight. I think it's the better cut, um, and Cameron, I think, agrees, which is, you know, important. Um, I mean, it's, it's a great Alien movie. It just doesn't have Walter. Yeah, well, if I don't think anybody thinks the Walter ones are better, but Walter. I just love saying Walter. Fucks. And Walter is on this list, on this ten. In Haywire. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. Don't. Yeah, I just want to say it's a nice uh, tie-in, and I think this is a great like as our first Paxton performance. I think it has uh, some weight just in showing like. He's so likable and genuine that he can play. Like, I feel like performances, like a lot of his performances, a lot of the parts that he takes in another person's hands would be really unlikable. Right? Like, in in a lot of this list. Well, yeah, he can play, you know, cocky and garrulous and dumb because he just has that fucking thousand dollar grin. Like, he's, yeah, he's never unlikable despite, like, in, in, near or not in near dark and true lies like there's a few roles on here that are pretty reprehensible but you're just like that son of a bitch bill paxton (laughs) my guy is here and i and i think part of that is that he always seems like he's having a blast also yeah i just think it's uh, there's a real through line with him being really stoked to be there and being able to play kind of yeah chatty rambling dummies with a with an integrity and like a just a joie de vivre that yeah. kind of turns them around. Man knows how to chew a piece of gum too. You know oh, what I mean? dude! Yeah, he spits dude. it out in Apollo thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, into the guy's hand. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Aliens, yeah. good movie. It's like it's an action movie that's like, you know, it's not really like sus- like there's suspense, but it's not because of close ups of sharp things going near people's eyes. Like K- James Cameron's always like what complex situation can I invent and what technology can I put in place for a, for a solution to this? And like, how can we get well, people get the, in a place that, that can you get, the mech get them out and you get, you get like Sigourney and Newt, which is so interesting. And you get a uh, corporate espionage and Marines. And like, there's so many like interesting dynamics in this movie. It's crazy uh, that, uh, what's his name is second build in it too. Um, Oh God! Michael Behan? No, uh, Paul Reiser. Oh, I guess he's third build. But yeah, he's like because he's in a ton of the movie, but he's just like such a fucking punk non-factor. Like he's not even an interesting villain. He's just like he's the you know he's the he's the ex like he's like kind of the the sterile ex-boyfriend that doesn't want the best for the protagonist and is kind of wormy but not really threatening. You know. Hmm. Yeah, it's just annoying. Yeah. Anyway, I'm done on. <laughs> Anyone else got aliens? 
Yeah, I don't good really have movie. anything else. You guys got anything? Okay. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Alien, good movie. Watch it. Uh, so, um, as with uh, all of our actors so far, uh, we try and watch at least one of the movies together. Um, this is the first movie that we got, all got to see in person together. Yeah. Uh, the next one, Near Dark. Um, we we got a little froggy with cooking. I, I had a, a, a pasta. Uh, no. Uh, I had a, a lot of pasta, um, and I decided wanted... that I, I, I wanted to cook some pasta, and we had some bacon and some peas, um, so we made uh, what we are dubbing the Pasta Prima Paxton. We just kind of, we got, we cooked with jazz, and we made this this real tasty It was pasta. delicious. It was uh, good. It was great. It, it was great. Yeah, it's like Jared got got wild and threw, like, chipotle peppers in it, and, like, I, I was unsure. I didn't believe, but it was delicious. I didn't touch for a second, buddy. Except Thank with you. cream cheese. I, I really didn't want cream cheese in my pasta. Well, we didn't he do wa- cream cheese. So he had good. a 20-pound <laughs> bag of rigatoni walking in my house. Yeah, it's it's a housewarming gift. If, if, you're not, if your house doesn't feel warm after 20 pounds of rigatoni, <laughs> I don't know what does. <laughs> hey, you, it's just the understatement of the year. I had some pasta. <laughs> you, you had 20 pounds of rigatoni. <laughs> yeah. And it was delicious. And th- is this when we talk about the cocktail? Sure. Yeah. I was about to ask. What's it called? Remember, yeah, I was going to uh, say, what are we calling this? We're going to call it the Bloody Spur uh, mm. in honor of this movie. Nice. Uh, so, so Near Dark uh, is a vampire movie, but it's kind of unlike a lot of other vampire movies. It's kind of like uh, more of a, like a people study. They're punk vampires. Um, and well, it's a, yeah, it's like it's a it's it's a love story and it's a punk movie. You know, like it's. Yeah, it's definitely like a, a, a genre film that like has so many like different genres superimposed on it. You know, does some interesting. Yeah, yeah. De- just, yeah. Describe the cocktail. Cocktail. Oh, sure. Yeah, I guess we're not into the movie yet. Um, so uh, Tyler mentioned we. I mean, we've been doing a lot of rum and a lot of silly shit, and Tyler was of... like, "Bill Paxton better be simple, and it should be whiskey." Exactly. Yes. Absolutely. Um, so we did like a. I guess it's sort of a Manhattan build, but like kind of reads like an old fashioned. Yeah. A couple ounces of peppery rye whiskey, um, a half an ounce of uh, Averna Amaro, which is kind of tastes like sarsaparilla. It's got a little bit of cola, vanilla, orange thing going on, and then half an ounce to the of of Averna. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's like a well, it's an Amaro, which are like aromatized. fortified wine or they're like grain spirits that are just heavily heavily infused Mm. um averna is uh one that like it's old it's dark black it's really sexy um yeah yeah it tastes like yeah like kind of sarsaparilla it's got cinnamon orange vanilla a little bit of like uh like the clove to it um and then we paired that with uh, chicory liqueur. Um, chicory is, I mean, most notably, I guess, in my life, it's roasted for Vietnamese coffee. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, like, the, the most common application, I think. Cafe mm, Beignet, right? I mean. Yeah. Uh, Cafe du Monde. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cafe, Cafe Beignet. Cafe Beignet. La, la, la. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and then we just uh, we bittered it, stirred it up, put it on a big rock. Uh, and then sprinkled some chili powder and some lemon, like I expressed a lemon on it. And it was delicious. It, it was really good. It was really nice. 
Yeah, and it was kind of one of those we were working with what we had on hand because we, I got off work and then these guys came over and I was like, oh shit, I didn't really prepare for cocktail corner. And luckily, I think we came up with something that I will be drinking again. And it was, it was, it was lucky. It was I, a I night mean, full it. of jazz, just like Paxton would have liked. Yeah, <laughs> we cooked, we we drank, and it was all just like what we got. Mm, yeah, we drank a nice bottle of 2016 natural Pinot, super smoky, bright, a little stinky. It was great. Why we call you the stink dog <laughs> yeah that is my name right now yeah. yeah uh but yeah so near dark um it's <laughs> got a guy it's an actor whose name i would not have known but i recognized uh adrian pastar uh who's in heroes which is where i recognized him from hmm. um and it's once again got bishop uh from aliens uh and it's got bill paxton and it's just a it's a yeah it's and, a uh, awesome it has someone else, right, from Aliens? The, what's well, her name? Jeanette Goldstein. Jeanette Goldstein, yeah. Who is notable for... <laughs> so in, in Aliens, she plays Martinez. Uh, she plays Diamondback in Near Dark, and she has, like, dyed blonde hair. But she's she's very Jewish and is famous for playing whatever James Cameron needs her to play that's, like, vaguely ethnic. So if you look across his filmography, I think she plays, like, Native American... Uh, I think she does get to play Jewish. She plays uh, Martinez, who's clearly Hispanic and speaking Spanish. And then I think she 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 th- does like an Iranian something <laughs> later on. She's yeah, she's she's ethnically versatile. She's a canvas on which he paints. Yeah, she with a little uh, little, and- little tan fake tanner. She's good to go. And this movie has something that I I really love, which is a kid actor playing old. Like an oh, old yeah. soul, which is just oh, yeah. so good whenever they pull it off. It's like this. The only other example I can think of off the top of my head is Umbrella Academy or like what we do in the shadows. And it's like where you have like a kid who's pretending to be someone who's ancient. Do you know um, that kid's name, Jared? Uh, in the movie, it's Homer. Um, the actor's name is Joshua John Miller, which okay. is great. Um, That's an American fucking name if I've ever heard one. Say it one more time so I can feel it. Joshua, Joshua John, John Miller. Mmm. Yeah. Apple pie. Not, yeah. A, not a crazy amount of credits. Um, He's in Halloween 3, River's Edge. Huh. And Team then like, he takes a break from acting to like 99 and then pops back up in 2007. Now it looks like he's kind of like working behind the scenes. Um, he's like a writer, which is cool. So Homer did well for himself. Oh, he wrote Final Girls. That's like a parody. Uh, never mind. All right, we're not going to get into it. But yeah, good. That's really interesting that he wrote that movie. Good for him. Um, but this is like it, it, the interesting thing about a lot of these movies that we're talking about is like there's no budget. This movie had a budget of five million dollars. And Catherine Bigelow went on to make huge Oscar-y action movies like The Hurt yeah. Locker and Zero Dark Thirty. She also, I mean, she made Point Break, which is quite popular, a little bit less expensive and and prestige-y, but. She's, you know, she got her start by, like, through James Cameron, I think, ostensibly. Mm. Um, Looking at this cast, and, 100%. Yeah, and they they married for a short time, I believe. But she, yeah, she's an incredible action director. This movie is not really an action movie, but there it's are a few. some great scenes, like the shootout in the house, and they're, like, avoiding yeah. the, the, the sunlight because they're all Well, vampires. the bar scene is, the bar like, scene, yeah. oh, God. The most this is not my favorite movie on this list, but that bar scene might be my favorite 
10 minutes of any movie on this list. Yeah. Um, it's just so good. It's the bloody spur. It's so scary. Yeah, Bill Paxton jumps up on the bar. He's already looking incredibly haggard, and he slits <laughs> the barkeep's throat with a, with a spur on his boot. Bloody and spur. cackles about it. Yeah, the bloody spur. It's pretty rad. It's super rad. Yeah, there's a lot of clips, like his little bloody mouth and him putting on those cool little shades. He's so stinking yeah, he cool. just looks wild, this whole yeah. movie. And, like, it, there's that one yeah. scene where he dresses up a little bit, where he picks up the two women on the side oh, of the yeah. road. He's just staying in oh, there. Oh, he's got a like, bolo howdy. on, yeah. He's got a bolo yeah. tie on. He's like, howdy, ladies. Pra- and he just slides in into their truck. The yeah. Ooh. It's funny that that worked in, like, 91 or whatever. He's, like, slinging a gun on the side of the road in the dark by himself. And then he's like, ooh, who's that guy? Yeah. I want to talk to you. Oh, yeah, just standing it, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I think yeah. it's 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 an eighty-seven, but it's like it's more about just like the the fucking part of the country they're in, you know? Like it's so small. Like people are not tapped into like the world. Yeah. I think it's like it's, it's own like, little bubble. That's how all this took place in the first place, you know? Because like yeah. yeah, exactly. Everybody's in this sleepy little place. Yeah. Um, and that's how you get lulled into the whole thing, you yeah. know? I yeah. I think I want to say I. It is crazy. Like, think about how good of an actor you need to be. Think about how good Bill Paxton is for after his first two roles to not get turned into, like, those things for the rest of your career. Like, these these two performances are both so strong and so specific. And the next movie on our list is Tombstone, and he pulls back completely. He's not, you know, rambling or psycho or... or like it's like his, he's not even playing to his likability or his ability to chatter or to like smooth talk you know like i just yeah. i think it's any other actor that has the the start to their career like paxton does ends up doing that for the rest of their lives maybe becoming a character actor and trailing yeah. off eventually yeah yeah like if you'd looked at these two movies he's 100 percent on track to be a character actor yeah you're like, not going to put him next to tom hanks in apollo 13 he's going to be powers booth playing like the kind of crazy guy Great pull. Ooh. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll go, we'll go uh, straight from one Western into the next. We'll go uh, Tombstone. Tombstone, baby. Um, I absa. This is, I love this movie. Like, right. I, I've seen it probably once a year since I've seen it. At least. <laughs> it's just like Still, a good movie. It's, I mean, uh, it's just, what is there not, what has there not been said, right? I mean. I showed it to my girlfriend uh, and my, my roommate's girlfriend. I'm like, hey, you're going to love this movie. Girlfriend fell asleep. Uh, roommate's girlfriend was on her phone the whole time. And that's when I realized I love a dad movie. So I oh, did. Dude. I called up a couple exes and I'm like, you didn't have a secret kid, right? Because I, I love this dad movie. Luckily, no, no secret kids. <laughs> yeah, I, I it is a super dad movie and it's, it's great. Oh, it's it's so a real shame that Joe's not on. Oh God! It, talk about mustaches, minimum. Oh yeah, there's Man, so uh, many strong mustaches, and, and it's all real facial hair, which I think is great. Like this pretty is pretty impressive. I yeah, think the first movie where Paxton has a mustache. Talk about Man, and it's his best mustache. Grow facial hair. Oh yeah. yeah, his beard, his old man beard is yeah, so amazing. That's exactly what I was thinking about. That guy can grow facial hair like nobody no! business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, the, 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 the amount, note. the amount, the amount of one-liners in that movie is is kind of like i feel like it, it could never be matched wild at heart in this movie are like on the mount rushmore of movies written to deliver one-liners yeah i mean it's like well oh this movie gosh. is just one-liners yeah yeah, yeah the mean, entire time 
There's, there's a whole it's conversation just... in Latin at one point. I was about to say, except yeah. for the conversation in Latin where they're dis- where they're speaking in one-liners, except they're conversing, but it's in so Latin, I, I and it doesn't make any sense. And it's basically just them talking shit. So it starts with him saying, Vini Vidi Vici. Or, oh, no, it's In Vino Veritas. Uh, in Vino Veritas, uh, which is like, in wine there is truth. And then the other guy responds, basically, like, do as you do, like, you're drunk, whatever. And they just, like, mm-hmm. shit talk in Latin for a while. It's, uh, it's maybe the lamest thing in this movie. But then it's followed by one of the coolest things in this movie, the, the gun. When he spins the cup oh, around. Yeah, I yeah. do that at work. I do that <laughs> at my job. Yeah, it's 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 really, really silly, but then immediately redeemed. Jared, do you know who directed this movie and how he's related to something that you love? Kurt Russell? No. Um, it was directed by Panos Cosmatos' father, George. Uh, Panos directed Mandy. Um, George's other big movies are First Blood and Cobra. Well, so that's Um, one of the big, like, rumors around this movie spread by Kurt Russell is that this movie had an original director who, like, fell out. um, And then Kurt Russell reached out to Stallone. He's like, I just need a director who's kind of going to let me do what I want to do. And he gave him the name of George, uh, who did First Blood. Um, and the, the the story that Kurt Russell tells is basically he ghost directed this movie, so he like told him yeah. what he wanted to happen in this movie. Yeah, like, yeah, everything this is like, like that. Quote unquote, a Kurt Russell jam. Yeah, I've heard that, and I think I believe that because yeah. so much of the coverage in this movie is like until the end, it's there is a lot like all of the coverage is really perfunctory. You know, like the camera doesn't really do anything interesting until it's the five or the four like uh, black brimmed hats with the mountains behind them and the sunset like that when you get there you're like oh wow this is finally starting to you know look like something because it is really you know it looks like journeyman like b unit directing coverage for like the entire movie like they're like i don't know fucking point the camera at it like don't really move too much like which is fine because the acting the set like the set dressing and the writing is so so nuts but it is definitely like i i think if this you know i i believe that kurt russell did most of the directing on his own one of my other favorite tidbits about this movie is so val kilmer plays doc holiday and is like the best it's it's, the best he's he's the best performance in the movie it's crazy um they originally had willem dafoe cast as that part and they're like no 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 that's too weird we want to have a movie star, someone who's going to give like a good, normal performance, and then Val Kilmer comes in and is yeah, soaked in sweat. <laughs> Val Kilmer comes in and eats an entire ham, figuratively, <laughs> in each scene in the movie. Like he just looks just high as a kite the whole movie, just doing the most with every line he's given. I think if I was directing this movie, I would have every scene i would have been like turn it down and then i would have been wrong you know yeah. like yeah. at one point in this movie, it's he's amazing getting a shave he stands up threatens to murder a guy the guy runs off and he's like okay back to shaving and just like lays back down yeah well yeah he starts the movie sweatier than i've been in the past couple of years and then just gets sweatier for the whole movie <laughs> But yeah, he, I, I think it's it's also super funny that they call him a lunger because it sounds like a sci-fi insult, like from the future where the air is bad. Like <laughs> it's so goofy every time. Yeah, it sounds like it's in the expanse. Um, but I do want to talk about Paxton. Um, so his role in this movie, like uh, 
my roommate actually had forgotten that he's in this movie, and I'm like, yeah, it's Paxton. Um, Morgan Earp. But yeah. his death scene is so good. It's so sad, yeah. It's so good. Uh, so like, good. him just giving up on life and, like, oh. Yeah, Paxton, I think that's, like, it's some of the most acting we've seen from him at this point in our 10 and he's so good in this scene. Yeah. And I think it's a shame that Kurt Russell is even better in it because like <laughs> Kurt Russell is a guy that's like, you know, usually good. Sometimes he seems like he's tone deaf a little bit, but he's such an action star. Yeah. And I think that Morgan's death scene in Tombstone is like one of the best things that Kurt Russell's ever done. Oh yeah. And it's just it's so crazy that like a movie that is otherwise like not really able to tap into the like pathos of it all gets there for this really shining gorgeous second and then it kind of drops out immediately and gets silly again you know yeah so good yeah i mean i think i think the best thing about tombstone is that it's not subtle you know nobody on set is saying (laughs) big mustaches yeah it's a movie Big movie. Yeah, it's everything is big. Everything the is is telling guns. you exactly what it is. Yeah, uh, it's awesome. And, it's... and I think that's what it, that's what makes it good. Oh yeah, for sure. And I love it. Billy Bob Thornton first role. Fat. He's Billy chunky. Bob. He's chunky. Chunky in Billy it. Bob. Yeah. I uh I I didn't recognize him until he said, I think he said, "God damn it," and it sounded exactly <laughs> like. God that. damn it. Yeah, I, and I also wanted to ask what y'all's mustache rankings are between the three brothers and mm. uh, Val Kilmer. I think it, I think there's a pretty clear Sam Elliott number one. Yes, I think there's a clear Obviously. one and four. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, Bill Paxton number four. Yep, absolutely. Least consequential mustache. It's a good, and it's still like by you know non Tombstone standards. Yeah, right. <laughs> must, stop what I'm you're jealous doing. of the stash. Yeah. Yeah, if yeah. I saw that in real life, I'd be like, "Wow, that's a good mustache." But just next to Sam Elliott and and Kilmer and and Russell, it's just, yeah, yeah, I think there's a clear one and four, and then two and three can can kind of go either way. Yeah, I I have Kil I have Kilmer as two just because I think that while it's a less impressive mustache, it's so sweaty. He he, he does more with it. Yeah. yeah, like it's he's kind of playing with it a little bit, and it looks like it's thinning, and it's a little bit. You know, like it, it's it's playful on the ends, and it's just yeah. You know who this version of Doc Holliday is going to be before he does anything. Yeah. By the way that his mustache looks, which could be said for Sam Elliott too, because it's so fucking strong and big and gray, and you're you just like that guy. It. That thing could stop a bullet, and he would and for does. his brother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it does. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, can I ask a question? Please. Uh, um, yes, Boba Fett or Doc Holliday? Doc for, Holliday, like cooler character. Doc Holliday. Yeah, Doc, Doc Holliday. Okay, okay, cool, easy answer. Good for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Boba's a fucking nerd that gets himself killed. He, he, he has like cool armor. Lines. He gets eaten. But Doc Holliday, yeah, Doc Holliday yeah. has a wild and sweeping amount of emotional growth to do. Boy, he's got uh, a woman Dan is he's Dan like... is looking at me with his hands spread right now. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? He says, "Just say when you win every fight." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, Doc Holliday, uh, he said, if, if he says just say when, you win every fight. And he's not wrong. Yeah. yeah, I think it's an easy answer, Tyler. Cool. Sorry, we're going to dunk on you right now. Uh, no, I don't. I no, agree. no, I, he agrees. I, yeah. I, thought, I thought somebody was going to disagree, and I thought, like, cool, this will be fun. I don't think there's a lot of people out there that are like, no, dude, Boba Fett rules. Because, like, now we have the Mandalorian, and, like, 
True. We be- we have somebody that looks as cool as Boba Fett that True. like does anything. What would be a good comparison then? Someone to conflate. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Well, he'd have to be like a. He would have to be like kind of an anti-hero, right? And I feel like Boba is not really an anti-hero. Doc so, Holiday like, or ha- Bad Santa. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, no, Doc Holiday or Brad Pitt's character from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I haven't seen that movie, so it's easy. Uh, Doc Holliday. Also, seen Pitt in that movie isn't really an anti-hero. All of the negative things about him are hearsay. You know, he's he's a hero. Ah. He's not dastardly. Adam Driver. Val Kilmer or Adam Driver? Adam Driver. Kylo Ren? He's my guy. Yeah, yeah I, I know, I'm sorry. I know, I know. I think Kylo Ren is better than Darth Vader. I think Kylo Ren's the best character Whoa. ever in a Star Wars movie. Whoa. You I'm keep crazy. having okay, controversial okay. takes. Okay, I'm sorry. At me. The, the ones that I text you, you say you'll quit over. You said some crazy shit, Jared. Okay. I, I feel I like I got favorite. us all off the rails. Yeah, thank you, Tyler. W- True Lies. Uh, Bagel Bites is being the voice of reason today. True Lies. Pepperoni. Pepperoni. The, got him? The, the thing that we keep coming up against during this podcast <laughs> is like seemingly big movies that are impossible possible to find digitally anywhere so near dark we had to okay. get on dvd yeah near dark Lies, tyler got a dvd of and true lies i got a dvd of. yeah and so fun fact yeah try to find near dark for under 100 bucks on the internet we found it for five dollars it's pretty incredible um, yeah and you got a good edition too you got yeah. a, a cool tyler got a like a like a digipack with a slip that's like kind of holographic it fucking rules Steelbook. yeah it's gorgeous yeah. yeah and then my my copy of of true lies is ugly and it was like fifteen dollars uh and it doesn't have a single special feature it's uh play the movie or don't i was a little mad about true lies being on the list because it was so hard to find and then watch um it's so good though i was pretty mad and then like the last five minutes of the movie happened and i was like okay I actually think the last 20 minutes is kind of one – it's like a little bit of a hat on a hat. Like I wish that they would have ended with the mushroom cloud with the kiss. And then they get in the plane and I'm like, well, they ha- you know, they already no, rented the plane. Absolutely. <laughs> the know? movie ended. But then they were like, no, but remember we were going to – I talked to you about that idea a year ago about how a guy was going to ride a missile. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, yeah, yeah. We the what about the daughter and like the we guy. already spent all this gym. We already spent all this money on the plane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's great. I think it's really good. I'm sorry that it was hard to find. That's I something that I think we're gonna keep running into. I, it, I can't decide if this is Jamie Lee Curtis's hottest role or second hottest role. Behind. Her hottest to her notest. Uh, Trading Places. I mean, I think mm. this is her hottest role. Clearly, no Trading mm. Places, where she's kind of like. She's the kind of down on her luck, uh, like streetwalker. Uh, uh, Halloween, Halloween, bud, all day. You get bikini scene, a fish called Wanda. <laughs> uh, Dan, who is becoming a recurring part, <laughs> is, is talking a fish called Wanda over here. But yeah, I, yeah, the... she is like she's chewing the gum. She's kind of trashy, which I love. She strips and then does like I mean the I dance is say, dorky. Her dance in this is it's great. dorky. It's but supposed she, to be. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also, I think that who's like trying to be sexy. I think him giving her the mission in True Lies is one of the sweetest. Like, I, I was like, I welled up not with tears, but with just joy that he loves his wife enough to like play this little game, even though he's like, you and know, there's like international terrorists. And then yeah, I love yeah. That she's like, no, 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 honey, I got this. <laughs> that that was so well, yeah, cute. well, when they kidnap her and she's like, she's like, <laughs> what, what does Leave she say? Leave him. She's, you want? Yeah, me. she's like. Let me handle it. I'm the I'm the one you want. It's so sweet and it's so funny. And he's doing the same thing. He's like, leave the hooker here. Like it's fine. Yeah, she's just a dumb hooker. Is what he. It's like it's so <laughs> fucking jarring. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, she's like, n- like she. He's trying to save her by saying she's a hooker, and she's like showing the terrorist the locket of her and Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> around her neck. Yeah, it's great. Also, and talk uh, about a pre nine eleven movie. Yes, I was gonna say. Uh, well, not yeah. that exactly, but I, I forgot that action movies used to be like super wacky. Like I In forgot how wacky they used to be. Fifteen minutes of the movie, there are men on skis with submachine guns. I know that's a thing you don't see anymore. I know. I thought and then, the same thing. Ten minutes later, he rides the horse through the yeah. hotel lobby, yeah. and then he gets in the elevator and like, on, nice the horse. Horse. on the horse. Nice horse. It's, it was and funny. Then, that moment was where I was like, oh, I've seen this before. I had to see and, the horse in the elevator. And then did you remember when he tried to jump the horse off of the roof onto the other roof? And then when the horse wouldn't do it because it's, you know, not the a horse, motorcycle, the horse was he the started horse scolding of, it. Yeah. The horse The horse was You're the only horse of reason in this officer. movie. That is, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. Good yeah. The horse is yeah. the only thing putting the brakes on, Tyler. Yeah. yeah, everything else is incredibly crazy except the horse has like the it's, only grounded reality. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's and it's the whole time Arnold Schwarzenegger is is giving these little quips that are like, I, I don't think cool. I've ever seen a quippier. Yeah, okay, so he says "stay cool" to the guy in the urinal, right? Right. That bathroom. Does it look familiar to y'all? Hold on, hold on. Yes, yes, it does. Is it Die Hard? It, hold no. On. Hold on. I'm on. I'm, I have two movies in my head. Tell me okay. if I'm right. Okay. Matrix. Uh, close. Well, actually, wow, that is really similar, but it's not the same layout okay. exactly. Okay. Okay. What is it? Mission Impossible Fallout. Oh, weird. It is. Okay. Is it? It is. It is oh, that. Like wow. it is. I'm wondering if it's a coincidence that it's designed exactly like that bathroom, but huh. like another strong mustache. Oh, another strong mustache, another, like, you know, fight where multiple people die in a bathroom. There's, like, the the row down the middle with the mirrors, the same amount of breaks in it, all the toilets. Like, I looked at photos of them, like, and they're <laughs> like – the And you know that's a set. Analyzing toilets. Both of those are <laughs> sets that was built, and I'm wondering if because James Cameron is, is revered for his action set pieces, if, oh. the, the, if like, you know, Christopher yeah. McQuarrie was, like, bathroom fight – we got to have this bathroom because yeah, I'm telling sh- you, yeah. it is. It looks the same. Probably is. I wonder if it's like just an action director's like his like a little nod, you know, to like how yeah, he likes true lies I, or whatever. I mean, think about building a set for something and then how much room for coincidence is there, you know? And right. like True Lies is a huge movie. Yeah. It, yeah. it was. I mean, it, it didn't cost it. I mean, it cost less than you would expect, but like it was insanely popular. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a hundred million is a lot of money. It's most expensive we've done so far. Yeah, and I, I think Paxton in it. We, we were talking about how you know he plays you know dirtbaggy with such like ability. I think action hero. Like these are back to well, one's right before the other because I love Arnold in Last Action Hero. 
he would be a fun oh, series. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I was um, thinking the same thing when watching that. So Paxton in True Lies, because we haven't even talked about him yet. Oh yeah, Bill they, Paxton. They, they use his charm like against him. They like make yep. him sleazy, and he's yeah. It's so kind of weird seeing such a slimy person. That he's so hot so in it too. Good. And yeah, I, he, <laughs> he pees himself twice in this movie. Maybe maybe he I just like Bill Paxton too much. Says one of my favorite lines, which is, "I got a little dick. It's pathetic." As oh, he's yeah. pissing himself, <laughs> he says, "I got a little dick." <laughs> I don't even score don't that often. I got a little dick. It's pathetic. Yeah, it's crazy. It's 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 so funny. He's I mean, it's uh it's crazy that like this character is so insanely likable and you're you want him to be on screen as much as he is. When he like does not get the picture when he when he has her in like his trailer and it's just like now I'm gonna start kissing you after I've done all this lying to you. I'm a, I'm also, a secret agent. I wanted to ask y'all. So in that scene when he's like, "Come to Paris with me," with a quick stop over in London, he's a fake secret agent. Clearly, uh, he has tickets to Paris on his desk. Was he like he was? I guess gonna take her to Paris. Yes, because she, she reveals yeah. that in the like her interrogation because her husband fake kidnaps her before the the sexy strip scene he bought them tickets well yeah she says that she was gonna go but how did like she he was lying to her how would she know you know except for that she saw them but like he's living in that trailer driving cars that aren't his buying tickets to paris that's crazy yeah tom arnold is funny in this Tom um, Arnold is so funny. And apparently the line about his ex-wife taking everything, including the ice trays, was a reference to Roseanne, who actually did that to him in real life. <laughs> <laughs> she took the oh, ice tray. <laughs> What's the line? It's like, what what kind of bitch what, takes what the ice tray? What kind of bitch what? takes the ice tray? Yeah. Apparently <laughs> Roseanne did that to him. Oh, oh that's my so gosh. funny. That's hilarious. Wow. wow. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah. That, so... That's maybe the most 90s couple of all time, by yeah. the way. Oh, God. Tom yeah. Arnold and Roseanne. Yeah. So, I, I know y'all can't find this movie because uh, good luck, but uh, if you can find it on DVD somewhere for under 20 bucks, buy it because it's it's a fun flick. I think it's, I mean, if, if, if it was maybe 20 minutes shorter, I think it would be like one of the best action movies of the 90s. Like it's, oh, yeah. it's like one set piece too long, but it's so good. Also, the ending is super rad. Yeah, the ending is super rad. He, yeah, Arnold flies a plane and gets his daughter off of a crane. And, and I think it's, I don't know, it's a movie about the clandestine services. It's a movie about terrorists. It is like a very American action movie, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it's, and, and the lead singer, lead singer, the, the, the leading man is Austrian. And I think he, it never explains his accent. And he Which is, is speaking also... Ar- Arabic for a lot of it. Go ahead. By the way. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, that's also one part that we didn't talk about is I was like, this movie's actually funny in that way, is that I watched I watched Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was like, presumably, I don't know, weighs obviously like hundreds of pounds, he's jacked, and he's wearing this suit, and he's talking this, speaking in his crazy accent, and trying to like blend in at dinner parties, like nobody yeah, knows yeah. it, like, like everybody isn't aware of who he is and what he's doing there, well, I don't know, it's really funny. And like, what, his wife yeah. thinks he's just a salesman, that's the thing, she right. buys, he's a boring salesman, even though... He's Mr. He's Universe. He is yeah, the, exactly. the biggest yeah. man, and she's like, "Oh, he's a boring salesman." It's like, right? You could bench right. press five of you. He look. Yeah. He does a really good job of like blending in and being funny and being suave, though. Like, You're I, right. it's surprising. I think that the maybe the biggest drawback of Arnold as an action star is his size because he yeah. can't. 
like he really can't do a ton of the fight choreography or the stunts on his own. Right. So they're like you have to break so much. Yeah. So like I think that's maybe the reason why Arnold is is not the best action star like a Jean-Claude Van Damme or whatever. He just can't do a lot of it on his own. I did love yeah. though when he's under truth serum and he's like what's going to happen? And he's like I'm going to kill you. I'm going to use you as a shield. Uh, I'm going to stab you with yeah. that knife. Like that was yeah, a great, great. scene. And I think that he – it's interesting that he's not American and he's clearly not American and it never addresses it. And, like, Paxton is very, very Texas. And, like, it's <laughs> – and he's – it's a movie about, like, saving America. And I think it's cool that, like, all it takes to be American is, like, to do the right thing. You know, yeah. like, it's not about anything except right. for being a good guy. And I think right. that there's a very clear reading of this movie – in a very, you know, its view on terrorism is pretty uncomplicated. It's definitely a pre-9-11 movie. But it's, you know, the idea that to be the American hero, you can be from Austria and you can be giant and weird, but you just got to love your wife and you got to be brave. And that, that fucking rules. I, I, one more thing about Paxton is after they take off, like, they're about to shoot him on the bridge and he's like, I haven't seen your faces. And then he sees their faces and he's like, wait. You still want to buy that car? Yeah. <laughs> you still interested in the vet? To sell the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Commitment to. Well, he also is like he said, I haven't seen your faces, and then he takes the ski mask off, and he's like, No, don't show me <laughs> no, your face. No. And he covers his eyes. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's great. And I think yeah, as we were talking about how this movie is good, I think half half of the reason that it's good is because it is twice as funny as I could ever imagine that it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Because James Cameron doesn't totally make funny movies. And this movie is like, if, uh, yeah, I, I think it's hilarious. It's it's really, really funny. And it's quick. It's quippy. Yeah, it's a quick one. Apollo 13 is next. We were, we were geniuses to do Hanks first. Watching Apollo 13, you're just like, wow, that's, that's the movie star of our lifetimes, you know? Well, yeah. Hanks is the last episode. Yeah, Hanks does. Never mind. We never did Hanks first. <laughs> I mean, we did. Just You're just never gonna hear it. Uh, we can cut it out. We can cut cut into it with. We'll lay a bagel bites ad over it. <laughs> oh yeah, perfect. Uh, pepperoni. Yeah, we're gonna bleep out. Got him. Hanks again. Yeah. I love throwing that. Just saying pepperoni. Like, don't say bagel bites. You say pepperoni. You say got him. Got <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's perfect. Yeah. Um. What is their uh, Apollo thirteen? So um, what's funny is I had to ask Levi. I was like, wait, is this the first movie we've had that had Kevin Bacon in it? Because I was going to be impressed if we've made it through 50 movies. No, um, no, no. Uh, but apparently he was also in uh, uh, Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah, he's like he's like the new boyfriend of like Steve Carell's wife, right? Yeah, totally oh, forgot. Oh, okay. Um, but he is so fun in this. Every, everyone's great yeah. in this. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Oh, damn it. I, I almost did it. I almost did it. I didn't, call, I didn't call you out. I didn't call you out. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, he's. I love that Ed Harris gets to play a good guy in this. Ed Harris is the best, and I know they're not technically brass. And like, I'm a fan. I love a good brass. I love a character actor that can fucking play brass. Oh yeah. I think all those guys in the mission control room are the coolest thing I've ever seen in my yes. entire life. I yeah. I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up, but I want to be in that mission control room. I don't want to be an astronaut. I just want a, a nice watch. I want my own ashtray, and you I want to be doing arithmetic. A, a short sleeve shirt with a tie. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, that dude. that movie like reignited. Like it made me remember that. Like oh yeah. Like it's, like movies about space get still fill me with like giddiness and like give me goosebumps. You know, like since I was like a kid. Um, oh dude, I love yeah, space awesome. movies. I'm, I mean, I think space yeah. movies are my thing. You know, like I 
I love a dad movie and I love a space movie, and this is hugely both of those it's things. A space dad movie. Yeah. yeah. I, I know we're not doing Ed Harris timeline, but I think after this, he decided he loved having a control room, so then he went and did the Truman Show. Um, <laughs> oh, huh. Nice. Uh, yeah, th- there's something yeah. funny real quick. Ron Howard stated that after the first uh, test screening of the film, like, you know, the, a blind screening, one of the comment cards uh, indicated total disdain. The audience member wrote that it was such a typical Hollywood ending and that the crew would have never survived. <laughs> and that it was an idiotic <laughs> ending that didn't oh make any God. sense. I have something funny to admit. So I didn't. Yeah. I didn't remember the ending, the real life ending of Apollo 13. I almost Googled it. And I was like, no, no, no. This is what I get for not actually knowing. I'm gonna watch this movie not knowing what happened. That's great though. <laughs> yeah, and I was much more. I was that much more like, wow, like that's incredible. Like I couldn't believe it. You know. Like I. Um, wait. I so you I, didn't. I, you didn't know that Jim Lovell survived and like wrote the I book just, and everything. No, that's I was just awesome. like, I remember something went wrong, and I just because it was like hard to keep up. I was like, okay, Challenger, obviously, Apollo, you know, twelve, eh. and then like thirteen. I was like, what happens? Like, I know something bad happens. Obviously, it's yeah, a movie yeah. about it, but I was like, yeah, did they they live right? Oh, like, dude, but I also awesome. can remember, and I almost googled it just to be like, oh yeah, right, they lived. But I was like, no, 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 I don't know, and I'll just sit with that. You know, that sounds like such get... a fun way to watch that movie. So my first time seeing it was, it was this time, and. Like, but you still know the line, Houston, we have a problem. Oh, yeah. Like, it is so ingrained in pop culture and everything. Yeah, um, buddy. And, I'd lo- and I love that this is the second movie that we've watched in this so far that had Jim Lovell. Oh, because of... Uh, because First of Man? First Man, yeah, yeah. Which is another freaking banger. Yeah, I, I, I think Apollo 13 is, like, the perfect, like... It's such a like a nuts and bolts movie that's like it's so full of details. Like there's so much stuff yeah. that's just like is like Ron Howard. Like it's clearly based on a book. Yeah. Clearly there was a bunch of astronauts consulting on it, and there's just like at every moment it's like, well, you know, actually in space if you did this, this would happen. And well, yeah, and, and, and like, it's awesome. Him having to make the yeah. filter like okay, here's what we have. Oh, the great oh. stuff. Yeah, that was that, a great That line is one of the best. Like Ed Harris saying, I suggest you gentlemen figure out a way to put a square peg in a round hole yeah. rapidly. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. And then Gary Sinise, yeah. like, as just like, uh, he's, he's left behind, but he's going to get his boys home. Oh, oh dude. And yeah, Gary Sinise uh, getting the chance to, like, because you think he's going to fucking kill himself. Yeah. And, like, he yeah. takes the phone off the hook, turns the TV off, and then he, you know, no measles gets to pilot everybody back. Uh, it's great. It's great, yeah. and it's yeah, I mean, it's it's so fucking nerdy. They're about to die, and everybody's just like frantically doing arithmetic, like in the ship. Yeah. It's it's yeah, it's uh. Check my math, and then yeah, it's just a line of people doing math, and that's a hard like that's an intense action scene. Is yeah, a yeah. row of people doing yeah. math. I saw exactly. pencil scribbling, and my palms were getting sweaty. I was like, exactly. Oh my god, oh, oh my god, scribble I, faster. Yeah. I think that's like the strength of this movie is that like everyone knows what happens, and so much of it is just like here's this problem that's really hard to visually like think about all of the problems in this movie that create suspense. Think about as a person, okay, show this to an audience and get all of, like all of this stuff is so difficult to film because it's Oxygen something that these astronauts are fluctuating. Make that yeah. yeah, like you can't just show the gimbal or show the little the little gauge or whatever. Like it, it you have to be so smart 
to make all of it tangible and it is more than tangible because we know what's going to happen and it's still gripping and it speaks to the intelligence of everybody it shows how difficult it is to be an astronaut uh but it's a pop like you know it's a movie that you can eat two tubs of popcorn and it's a movie that i wish was two hours longer and i think paxton went to the valcom or school of acting for this movie because he just gets progressively sweatier uh, oh yeah yeah dude he, he's just like shivering oh yeah miserable that's right yeah. he had a 104 degree fever for the last few days of space God. travel it's it's miserable it's great and dude when paxton throws up like after the launch and and tom hanks just kind of chuckles at it it's so it's so badass <laughs> i had a big breakfast <laughs> yeah yeah and there's the i think the cool one of the coolest like I mean, it's a great all-around dad movie. I already mentioned all the details and the nerdy shit, but when they're re-entering the atmosphere and the condensation is just raining yes. down on them and it's basically yes. raining in the rocket ship, so good. I think that's so one of the good. coolest things I've ever seen in my yes. life. It's so, so rad. Good. Yeah, yeah, and, same. And, I, I, yeah, we talked a little bit about on, on First Man just about how, like, a good space movie makes you feel like a good, you know, non-sci-fi space movie, like a... You know, like a slice of life NASA Martian, space movie. Apollo thirteen. Yeah. It should make you feel like the spacecraft is is built by man, and like there are problems. There's got to be creaks. There's got to be noises. It has to feel thin yeah. and and scary. And yeah. this does that so well. Yeah, there's a thin barrier between them and the and the vacuum. Yeah, space, they even right? mention that it's just like the size yeah. of a few sheets of tinfoil or whatever. You mm. got a you got a tape player floating through space playing Buddy Holly. Yeah, and it slows down. I'd like to actually go back and watch some uh, features online on how they actually pulled that off back in uh, 94 or whatever. Mm-hmm. How they pulled off this zero gravity thing. The zero that's G. Pretty, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Oh, dude. it's. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's like, amazing. I kept looking closely at scenes, and I was just like, how how are they doing this? Like, I really couldn't figure it out. It, it looks but, nuts top to bottom how, how good it yeah. looks. And I think, yeah, I think Ed Harris didn't win the Oscar, but he got a nom. And then um, there's another one. Um his wife, um, Jim Lovell's wife, got an Oscar nomination, which I think is Kathleen Quinlan. Yes, Quinlan. She yeah, she got a nomination, and then it won a bunch of technical stuff. But it's it's like space movies always just get technical noms. They never get the big boys. True. Anyway, I love Apollo thirteen. I want to watch it a thousand times. What's the what's the next one? Twisty twister okay can i just say before i forget maybe the maybe the best movie cover i've ever seen oh it is great it's the the one with them running away from the twister yeah not the blue one like the original like when it came out it was like a very opaque it's like dirty brown it's like black and dark like orange brown right yeah oh my gosh like i don't know it's something so striking like it's still scary to me it's a very scary image my I dad I introduced think me to a lot of good stuff. Monty Python, a lot of my a lot of my humor comes from him. But I'm very disappointed that this is the first time I've seen Apollo 13 and Twister. Oh wow! For this. <laughs> wow. Sorry, Dad. Called Twister you was out. One of my jams. Twister was, one of, my was one of the. Up, man. I saw it on. I saw pieces of it on TV a lot. Uh, but I don't think I'd ever watched the whole thing either. Was, I've seen it over and over. According to the trivia, it was the first movie to be released on DVD and the last to be released on HD DVD. That is a great piece of trivia interesting first ever movie released on dvd 
Like that wow. is just so random. And How I, sick is that? And that's be- pretty yeah. Because of this movie after Paxton died, and I I love this tidbit. Um, a bunch of storm chasers got together and spilled out spelled out his name. Yeah. Um, which is if like they'd only done that like four times, and it it every it had never been done for a non storm chaser, right? But he was so important to the storm chasing community. Yeah. Yeah, the movie's great. It's maybe the most '90s movie I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. There's a cow yeah. that flies by. No, the, the dance, the, the flannel, the music. They're all getting yeah. into like a scrap, and like all of the sound bites that, of people yelling in a fight are like, "What's your malfunction, man?" <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's 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 yeah, crazy. Bride. Oh, Carrie Elwes. Hoffman is yeah. He, incredible I mean, in that. He's amazing in everything, man. He's. Yeah it's this is not a you know a sad movie he's the fault of not... his time uh. <laughs> <laughs> i had to slip that in who's paul dano uh he's nothing like philip seymour hoffman and it's maybe the worst not the worst I guess one of jared's worst it's takes one of jared's worst takes paul dano is the preacher paul kid from dano. there will be blood oh okay he's really good but He's, I mean, he's well, great, but he's nothing yeah, he's great, like Philip Seymour Hoffman. I thought that you meant that Paul Dano was Hoffman Dustin Hoffman. That's what I'm saying. I just thought it was a funny why take. Why are you doing this? Okay. Yeah, th- thank this you, Tyler. Right now. Why are you doing <laughs> why? this? Why are you I'm doing this? I'm trying to exercise Levi's heart. I'm trying to keep him young. Oh, I got, I've sweat yeah, on the back of my legs up, now. That wasn't there 10 seconds ago. <laughs> Makes me so mad. <laughs> Yeah, he's Philip Seymour Hoffman is one of our finest. Uh, it's very, very, very sad to see him in any role now, especially yeah, in yeah, a role just, where he seems so fun. happy. Yeah, yeah. Just like hitting on uh, Bill Paxton's therapist wife. That's right. Yeah, he's yeah. not even hitting on her, dude. He's just like he's just he's just the nicest, most ingratiating dude on the planet. Yeah, he might be the one character that it's not total. It's not creepy if he's like hey you want to get in my van you're like yeah so i'm saying yeah it. let's yeah exactly chase, let's chase a storm bud let's uh, do it yeah and psh Good isn't point. a guy that's that's often playing integrity but he's usually playing sweet PSH. or like misguided right like boogie nights I yeah mean, yeah well yeah when he it. wants oh my god when he wants to show Wahlberg his it's, car in that it's movie the sweetest it's the sweetest funniest saddest it's the thing. most oh, heartbreaking man, so thing dumb. i've ever seen in my life yeah but yeah, yeah he's like he in this movie he's really playing kindness and integrity and it's yeah it's he's just so stoked to be there and it's so sad that he's dead they're just so excited to chase them storms baby yeah yeah they, Dorothy, they really man. are it is so funny the the good guys love chasing the storms and the bad guys are like we don't even fucking like storms we're just, yeah we're, we're yeah. just in it to get famous there's, yeah. there's storm sellouts yeah it's yeah yeah exactly it's they're like they're not in it for the passion man they're, they're like, in it for the money like there was ever money yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah exactly like there's there's the, the yeah. bad guys of storm chasing and I, I think it's cool that there are bad guys that aren't the tornadoes because i think when you watch twister you're like oh so like they're trying not to get killed by the twister but like the movie's like no 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 there's bad guys the twisters are dangerous but that's not like the driving evil the force guy. behind the film yeah because these smart tor- well yeah. yeah especially if you want to identify with the main characters and the main characters are such tornado nerds that they fucking love tornadoes yeah. so much you got to have something to to bounce their ire off of yeah so originally they'd cast tom hanks for this role that Um, makes sense he drops out but he apparently picked the wardrobe and they're like yeah tom hanks picked the wardrobe sure 
Um, and then they were like, okay, we'll do, um, oh God, who else were they? Kurt Russell. And then they're like, no. Nah. Michael Keaton, no. And then James Cameron's like, you use my boy Bill. So that's why Bill got this role for his Southern Everyman charm. I'm just- that's actually pretty amazing that all of the other leads are like much more traditional, well-paid bigger profile leading men and Paxton because this movie costs you know it's a blockbuster it was huge yeah I think this probably like at this time you're probably thinking like well big Bill Paxton might be the next Tom Hanks and then he's like nah I'm cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm gonna go do a simple plan after this oh fuck yeah but oh yeah you wanna talk about that I I think uh, Alexia compared Helen Hunt's performance in Twister to Laura Dern and Mm. I think that's Great. great. Oh, so that's a, a take you'll take. Yeah, well, he, she's not saying Laura Dern is the Helen Hunt or whatever because they're kind of of the same generation. Maybe Helen Hunt's a little older. But she just said yeah. that they're. It, she reminded her of her in it, which is, I think, a lot uh, more harmless, mm. Jared. And I think it's some. I totally agree. She's the Helen Hunt. It's just so so pleasant in this. It's, she's great. so sweet. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she's just excited yeah. to chase storms, and she gets wrapped up in it. And it's, ooh, Dorothy, yeah. baby. Yeah, man. And also, really quietly, just some insanely good action directing. Yeah, like the f- the first sequence with the first twister with the truck on the mud path and the bridge coming apart. Oh yeah, is so like so smartly put together, just so you can orient everybody like geographically. It's like they're stuck on this axis, tornadoes on this axis. They're stopped by this. They get under this. This comes off. Yeah. Like it's very, very much like you understand exactly what the stakes are and where all of like the the forces are literally pushing and pulling them yeah. uh and it's fucking great it's really good i think its reputation as being stupid is kind of unearned like it gets a little bit more perfunctory as it goes on but it's good it's a really good movie yeah i the, agree I the love storms it. are camels yeah yeah the sounds are camel moans that are like slowed down which is hilarious That's pretty wild yeah it, it Wow. I, I read that before I watched the movie, and I was listening for it the whole time, and I couldn't tell at all. I I love that there's people that are, like, sound editors, and they're like, we need you to make a storm. And they're just, like, walking around, and they're like, what what is a storm sound? And he's just, like, walking through the zoo, and he hears a camel, and he's like, that, but backwards and slower. To be fair, they do have, like, really low guttural, like, groans. Like, I mean, it sounds, it like sounds giant, terrifying. Yeah, yeah like, a, like a giant wooden rusty gate just groaning, you know? But I do love that yeah. they were just like okay, walking around. They're like, "Oh yeah, camel yeah. sounds like tornadoes." I, I got it, camel. <laughs> what, is, what is that voice that you've begun doing? I don't know, but it, it's sound guy. I I like camel. <laughs> well, I got a uh, I pulled up a camel noise, but there's an ad on YouTube. So, you so they slow heard that, guy that down. and they're like, "No, no, no, play that backwards, but slower." And you have it sounds like a creek, though. You're right, like because the the tornado they're often affecting structures yeah. and so what a good idea to make it like because that sounds like something creaking it sounds like things pulling apart like structures yeah. breaking that's that's awesome man good call on the creaky Thanks. door tie also i feel like i've heard some they're like lower if that makes sense like oh that lower. i mean yeah this is one camel baby all camels sound different you know they're all snowflakes that was the first yeah. camel i found on youtube camel snowflakes <laughs> i mean Yes, yeah, it might. It's probably not representative of all camels. I, no, I, I wouldn't. That say was that. the oh, the, nice commentary, Levi. The seam average of <laughs> all camels. <laughs> oh Jesus! Um, movies. You, you guys want to talk a simple plan? Hell yeah, I'm going to talk a simple plan. Uh, uh, boys, Bill lamp. Paxton and Billy Bob are back together again. Oh God, I love this. Sam Raimi. 
Can we talk about Sam Raimi directed this movie? It is. It is. You think crazy that Sam Raimi directed this movie? It, no. Well, okay, it makes sense when the, there's like a brief moment in that movie where the fox is attacking the chicken. I'm like, oh man, this is horrifying. This is Sam Raimi. Oh, and in That's the plane like too. Like yeah, in, the, in plane, the plane when the plane's rocking back and forth and there's a corpse yeah. in the front. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's clear that Sam Raimi was attempting to make like his Oscar movie. Yeah. But the True. script is so good that like even it's Raimi incredible. at his most like sterile and like is it's amazing. It's a great movie. It's so good. Yeah. And Billy Bob yeah. Thornton's performance in this movie is my favorite performance of any of these 10 mm. movies. I Good point. I the scene where yeah, he's in he the was... car and he's kind of confessing to the fact that he's never like kissed mm-hmm. a girl yeah. and it's like oh my god. It's, I, it, yeah. Billy Bob Ugh. doesn't often play just a a loser, a sad sack and he's so good at it. No, yeah, he's usually got some confidence and some I well, mean, he's, he's bad yeah, he's, Santa. He's like kind of like, or yeah, he's just like kind of like a, a scumbag, but he's sexy. Well, well, there was Sling Blade. We, we, we did do Sling Blade. He, he wrote and directed and starred in Sling Blade, and I think got a couple, couple of little golden statues for it. Dwight Dwight Yoakam's also in that movie. Oh, in Sling Blade. Yeah, he was the jerk stepdad. Uh, I thought you were like, saying he was in a simple plan, and I was like, "What?" That is because White Yoakum is such a specific-looking person. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. <laughs> he has a look. <laughs> yeah, he looks like yeah. an egg. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's. I I think Paxton is great in this because he he has that decency and that kind of trustworthy quality that might be the Texas peeking through. Yeah, uh, I might yeah. be a little biased, but I yeah I think that he's. I'm a little biased. I agree. Yeah, he's he's. He's like it's like doing Fargo, but without the Cohen sense of humor and like putting a man of great integrity in the driver's seat, at least initially. Yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. That, that initially, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is, I mean, yeah, it has to, right? That's Spoilers. the point. Yeah, I mean, that's like I. So I think this movie is about the American dream or like the American the set like American ideals being bullshit. Like I, I believe uh, well, that this is yeah. this is like, but Billy Bob Thornton wanted I think to own a house. He wanted to own own land. He wanted a wife right. and he wanted kids. Yeah, it was the only things he wanted in the entire world. And he got shot in the back by his own brother for money. Yeah, I mean, also it kind of always reminds me of like you know the whole the lotto curse. Like, like it doesn't matter where you are in life. Like, it, whatever es- like strata you're in, like the transition of being able to move to a whole nother strata is so dramatic that it's almost, it's like not worth it. Like it would, it will literally destroy you. And but yeah, life. but the idea that those strata like are, are built into the system is like the yeah. problem, right? I mean, that you yeah, can't, that you're trapped, that you're trapped in it both by yourself and outside well, pressure. I would argue though. I don't know. I always felt though, like in the beginning of the movie, had they never found the money, they would have been totally content with their lives, right? Yeah, was, probably. So to so to speak, like they were content with what they had, right? So I guess that's the the sad issue is. They well, I don't know because his his wife clearly I don't think was happy, and I think Billy Bob Thornton was not happy. I think Paxton yeah. probably would have been happy moving up at the feed store, and there could have been a yeah. happy story there. But I don't yeah. think Billy Bob Thornton and Bridget Fonda would have would have been happy. I mean, Billy Bob I mean, Thornton literally like would never. He was talking about how he he would be excited to to get to like buy a hooker, just because he had never kissed a girl, and he wanted yeah. to just know what pe- real people do. He didn't feel like a real person. Yeah, and that's God, not that's totally so 
it's not totally social and economic, but that is a part of it. You know, like you know, money yeah. would change. I that. mean, also, I also, yeah, definitely think the money. There's something about it, like you know, it's definitely like a cursed thing. The root um, of all evil. Yeah, like it was the worst thing that could have happened to him, right? Obviously. Oh, true. absolutely. That was a great Nick Cage. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing the. You make, what's the Chappelle Show sketch where he dies at the end and he's. He, He's like, while he's dying, he says, money, the root of all evil. It's not Chappelle. It's somebody else. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Google this. Yeah, great great, great movie. I, Good and movie. I, I want to talk. I think Bridget Fonda. It's pretty crazy that Bridget Fonda didn't have more of a career. Because, like, she's the, the child of Peter Fonda. She gives a great performance in this movie. And I think it just seems pretty improbable that her career is as small as it was. Like, she turned down Ally McBeal. She got considered for Jerry Maguire. She turned down the Coen brothers for the Hudsucker Proxy. She, like, her schedule just missed working with Dario Argento on... It wasn't Suspiria. It might have been... It wasn't Crystal Plumage. I can't remember what. But she had all these close calls with, like, you know auteurs and popular stuff and she just yeah. seems so good and she just didn't yeah it's it's interesting yeah, that she, she didn't have more of a career maybe she was just you she, know uh, had a real life <laughs> yeah maybe she just realized she didn't want to do it so much like dive in head first yeah, she, she was kind of disappeared she was in monkey bone though you know that classic cinema monkey <laughs> bone we're gonna talk monkey bone someday oh, brendan fraser is gonna be such a fun oh this will just turn into a podcast about monkey bone or about my boy Brendan, the the but, Fra- Frajonisons. <laughs> Is that what people are calling it? I hope not, but probably. But yeah, I I do I Tyler the fact that Sam Raimi directed this is is crazy, and his name yeah. next to it I think kind so of weird leads you to a place that it doesn't totally go, but it's yeah great because like I guess you're thinking Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, Army of Darkness, and this right, is before right. Spider Man. Yeah. Um, it's the reason he got Spider-Man. They saw this, and they're like, yeah. Well, Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man was... Get me Spider-Man! Was, was 2001? 2002. We talked yeah. about 2002. that. 2002. So this is five years after this movie is released, because this is 97, right? Yes. Okay, so the first Spider-Man is five years after this. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's not it's not too far off. And I do, I do, I think this is kind of an indictment of the American dream. Not like in a really severe, or like it's not a treatise, but I just think it's it's a really sad piece of Americana that has to be saying like, look, this is. It's funny that you said that. Yeah, yeah, that was that was my vibe. I kept thinking like, man, what what a sad little slice of like American storytelling going on. Yeah, yeah. It felt like is it a short? I mean, it feels like based on a book. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was gonna say base. It feels like I'm watching a book right now. Well, the the novelist also uh, penned the screenplay, and I think that's why it's so fucking good. His name's Scott B. Smith, Um, and yeah, I think that the the movie is great. It's incredible, and it's mostly because of that. I forget, you know. Yeah, you're right. I did look this up. (laughs) I was acting like yeah, yeah. I did look up. Yeah, he wrote another book that I was actually kind of interested in. But anyways, yeah. Well, we're gonna skip. Um, about uh, 14 years. No, 13 years. Wait, is this a 13-year skip? Uh, we go from 98 to 2011. Oh, my God. Uh, we skip over Club Dread, uh, much to Tyler's dismay. 
Uh, Coconut Pete, baby. Straight to Haywire. Uh, which is an interesting pick because he's like 15th build. <laughs> um, the cast yeah. is really stacked. It is. Yeah. Uh, and I love that in the last three movies we watched of his, he just has the same mustache. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and he, true, he, yeah. He, it hangs around for the for the Bobby, too, for, yeah. ba- for, for two guns. Guns. But So Haywire is oh. uh, the first. Gina Carano. Gina Carano. Ewan like, McGregor. We're gonna, Michael Fassbender. We're going to start her movie Michael Ongarano. Um, Channing Tatum, we're gonna Michael Douglas, Antonio Banderas. Uh, I'm not gonna keep going. There's a lot, there's more people in it, and Bill Paxton. <laughs> Man, um, so they they Gina Carano. They're like we're gonna we're gonna start a movie career with her. They have her act. They end up dubbing over her because they think her voice is too high pitched, <laughs> uh, which I didn't notice until I looked at the trivia. But yeah, apparently that isn't her voice throughout the whole movie. Is all of her audio ADR really? Apparently. Um, Weird. That can't be. I've... Even in Mandalorian? Not in Mandalorian. No, no, just in this. Okay. Oh, just in this movie. It's in the trivia. Man, uh... Trivia never lies, baby. That's wow. crazy. That's amazing. Uh, Gina Carino's voice was dubbed over with actress Laura Sean Giacomo's voice, who starred in Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Oh. Directed by Soderbergh. Yeah, that's Soderbergh's like, first, you know, it's a, well, it's a cult so hit. Yeah, they like, there, we love there's her a fight. criterion of it. Her fight scenes are fantastic. Um, everything else about Fantastic. her is kind of there. The fight choreography is really incredible. That's so like that good. should be underlined. Her, it is... her and Fassbender, like that fight. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so scary too. Her and Tatum in the in the diner is like it's yes, yeah. yeah it's so, a great way to start the movie too. Yeah, Paxton in this movie is great. He he plays her father, who's like an ex marine, and she is also an ex marine that is involved in the clandestine services in some way. Um, and uh, he's like a novelist that just you know he, he hangs out in the background for the first hour of the movie, and then the movie kind of ends at his at his house. Um, and the movie doesn't make any sense, and <laughs> I'm I'm shocked that it's not more my thing because I love Soderbergh so thoroughly. Um, and this movie just doesn't do it for me. I think it's too. I, I like that he tries to strip it down, and he's all about style. And he goes like, it's, it's so one hundred percent the music and the performances and the information yeah. doesn't matter. And it's clear that that's the point they're trying to make, and it just doesn't stick to the wall for me at all. Yeah, it, it's mm. just, yeah. But it's got our boy from Gentleman Broncos. It's got G Bronx. I know himself. I like he's he's kind of slowly becoming one of my guys. Like I just feel like he's such a steady hand. Yeah, he's a good guy. I like him. Yeah, I I I think Haywire is like we got our dad movie though. Because Paxton plays your dad. Oh yeah, but I mean Apollo thirteen is maybe one of the daddest movies of all time. Well, I just meant a movie where he played a dad. Oh sure, does he not play? Oh, he has four kids in Apollo thirteen, but they're not the protagonists. Yeah, but he's not a dad. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not. He's a an dad. astronaut yeah, first. Totally. Dad like totally. fifth. Absolutely, I agree. I'm sorry, Jared. I, but like hey. this, he's a dad. He is a dad. Hey, he hey I'm sorry. Lies for his daughter with a gun in his face. Oh, yeah, it's sick. And Ewan McGregor gets to be a, a dirtbag. He doesn't. He doesn't get to do that all the time. He doesn't. Harley Quinn, but uh, you, I have not seen that. It's fun. And I, I use <laughs> I've that actually word. heard that. I've heard that. I like. I use that word because there's no other word that's appropriate. It's a movie. 
I've heard good right. things. I'm I, not, there's I mean, parts that are great. Not, not totally my jam, but you know, I, I just I'm not into like the comic cast. books. But I, you know, yeah, I like the cast. Whatever. Two guns. Bobby. Two guns. Two guns. Is this your so favorite I, Bobby so far? Yes. Maybe yes. Um, uh, I didn't understand the plot to Two Guns. <laughs> That's because Two Guns is not a good movie. <laughs> but I understood thoroughly a simple plan, even though I felt like it was much more complex. I had to read this. I looked up the synopsis of Two Guns while I was watching it, so I knew what was going on. Am two I Guns, stupid? more like two stars. Am I stupid? <laughs> uh, I don't think it's a complicated movie, but it's a either. movie that it would be very easy to stop paying attention to. Well, yeah, just okay. like you just kind of let it wash over. You're like, oh, Denzel's being Denzel, Wahlberg's being Wahlberg. Yeah, I think this is the only movie on the list that falls under the cats and dogs line. Hmm. For me. Okay. Yeah, it's um. Don't hate me, but yeah, for me, it it's definitely plan. it definitely uh, it pays homage to like movies like True True Lies, where where an action movie can just be silly. It's just this. Yeah, silly except movie. for like True Lies is like there's a lot of like really interest. I think that Two Guns is directed by like a below replacement level action director. Yeah, the writing is it's buddy and quippy and I kind of like their relationship but it's like yeah, it's something that like a really really capable 13 year old would write like they're at the ranch right. his name is Poppy Mark Wahlberg grabs the gun out of the the the, the gang me- the cartel members thing shoots the heads off the chickens tells them to have some barbecue I actually wrote that <laughs> into a script when I was when I was like 11 or 12 years old <laughs> somebody shooting a chicken with a gun and like mentioning barbecue when i was when i i think i might have been 11 yeah but while it's just fun uh he's he's great look good feel good i also bringing up boogie nights when talking about mark Wahlberg is is banned because that's the best thing he's ever done ever yeah it that's why outlier you, you only bring completely. that up well, is Wahlberg, I, I blame him personally. I think he is responsible personally. This is your for the re- why We don't have any movie star comedians. I hate what he does so much. Well, so I think he's sort of similar to Paxton in that, like, well, he's trying to do what Paxton does. Paxton has, like, that natural charm and charisma that Wahlberg is trying to do throughout this Wahlberg movie. is all about the chip on his shoulder. But That's like, what he's always but he's, about. He's like, he's winking. He's kind of, he's hitting on waitresses. He's kind of be trying to be cool, dude. Um, yeah, yeah. And, but it just doesn't work because he's a prick. Yeah, in real life. And, yeah, and, <laughs> and in, in this the movie. movie. And in the movie, he's super gross. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think Bobby Trench cool, is, is the coolest Bobby. Oh, yeah. Denzel, yeah. I know a guy. Bobby, I know a guy. Yeah, he just comes in and destroys the Bobby game. We finally get a good Bobby. A good Bobby is hard to find, and we found one. Defoe's Bobby's fun, though. He's a terrible man. He's god-awful, but he's fun. Yeah. Fun. Did you guys like Two Guns? I, once I open the floodgate, I can't stop. The fun game. No, I don't like I've Two Guns. I've opened the fun gate. I kind of like Two Guns. That's fine. But as, like, a... Well, like, okay, Bill Paxton I like in the it truck. is I like fantastic. The guns. Paxton rules in it. I, Paxton he does, also rules in it, yeah. He does the same thing in this in Edge of Tomorrow where he gets to give the same speech a couple times and yeah, like, yeah. does different takes on it, and I love that. Um, totally, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he does the oh, – yeah. Bill Paxton plays the Russian roulette and so, delivers the speech. People think you put it against their head, but if it's in the first chamber, 
like that. <laughs> like that yeah, was so I, fun. By the way, I I, I realize oh. after watching these movies, there's another movie that I won't mention right now, but I realize Bill Paxton is so likable that in multiple movies he says the same lines over and over, and you love it. You know what I'm talking about? What line? Edge of Tomorrow when like his whole spiel. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like this and Edge oh, of Tomorrow. Oh yeah, yeah, no, that's what he's saying. Yeah, you get he gets to repeat his thing, but yeah, exactly. He's yeah. just having such a fucking ball that it's fine. Yeah, you're not mad because about it's, it because you're so happy to have the packs on screen. The extreme. Yeah. A- again in a bolo tie. Again in yeah. a bolo tie. Again with a mustache. He just sticks with that mustache from here on out. And this is more like he's done a kind of dirtbag or like antihero, but I feel like this is like, yeah, he gets to be a bad guy. Yeah, even he's though a he villain. works for the CIA. He is a villain. Like, he is the villain. Yeah. Because Poppy's kind of whack. Because <laughs> Poppy's kind of whack. Edward James almost for whatever reason. Yeah, he doesn't get to play. Yeah. Alexia called him uh, a sellout. Oh, 100%. <laughs> she was like she was like Edward James almost w- is willing to play the worst depictions of Hispanic people <laughs> in every movie How he do ever did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um but yeah, he like he he's almost always a good dude and it's cool to see Paxton off the leash and being kind of scary, you know? And like I th- I think the writing is bad for almost everybody but him, but I think he's he's cool and he's convincing and maybe it's just that he's a great actor, but I love Paxton in this movie even though I really don't like the movie. Yeah. Edge of Tomorrow. Two Guns. It's a movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Two Guns, uh more like two stars. Oh, like that joke so much you went back to it. I went back. I went back to the well. I'm really dining <laughs> out on that joke. <laughs> Wait, is Edge of Tomorrow the last movie on the list? Yeah. Yes. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, and it fucking unequivocally would you s- rules. Would you, say, would you say it's a bopper? Uh, I would. Okay. It is maybe the. I think Edge of Tomorrow is one of the best tentpole movies of the decade. Um. What does that mean? It's like, I mean, it's like a huge summer movie, like huge budget, uh, it, it, super wide release, like, made a ton of money. That was the funny thing is like it almost like it, it kind of flopped. Like it yeah, was, because it was after the fact that it made a bunch of money. Yeah, because yeah. of the terrible marketing. Like it's it had a yeah. huge budget, but marketing people didn't was know terrible. what the name of the movie was. It, it made no yeah. money in theaters, but afterwards everyone's like, "This movie is awesome." Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise isn't capable at the beginning of this movie which never happens like, i i think that, that is one of the only things that's like kind of a bump in the road for the movie is that you have to buy tom cruise as a coward for the first like half hour and he's like in, ingrained in our collective consciousness as somebody who is the hero you yeah. know and it's i mean it it works and he's great and he does it but it's definitely a strange adjustment yeah good point and he's perfect for it after that because he like like doesn't age so it plays really well into like the repetition of every day and he's also kind of singularly determined so him having to repeat all this stuff is something that you buy kind of instantaneously without knowing Hmm. um and it's really interesting to see because he's somebody that's you know been a like it's interesting to see him kind of in a movie about a type of immortality because of the fact that he doesn't age and is kind of famously uh <laughs> sorry man he's he's kind of famously you know present and sorry that distracted me we'll we'll cut that bit out 
or we won't. Uh, Battle is the great redeemer. Yeah, and yeah, and Paxson's monologue is is really good, and I think that I he seems like he's having so much fun all the time. He is. It's because he well, it's because he did. I know, and I I buy Bums him so out. much as a real person. You yeah. know, like he doesn't seem like an actor. He seems like a guy you know that has everything figured out. Like imagine the dude that you <laughs> yeah. know where you're like, he's fucking going to the beach and he's got problems, yeah. but it's okay. Tip yeah. of and, like, the spear. Bill Paxton, yeah, he the reminds knife. me of Crack a guy of that my just ass. has it figured out. He says yeah. those lines like five times, and every time I loved it. Yeah, he's By the good. way, I'm just curious. You said something about Cruz being singularly singularly determined. Are you talking about mm-hmm. Cruz like as a person in most of his movies he is, or what are you saying? Yeah, I'm saying in most of his movies he's always – like we've seen him do impossible things so many times and not bulk. Yeah. Um, As a person, I don't know, but he – I mean th- he has like a, a, a kind of – scary tenacity right like that's like watch his talk show appearances <laughs> like, yeah right i mean you don't yeah. want to know what he's capable of you know yeah yeah, yeah. like because of his yeah. like obsessive kind of like kind of crazy-eyed quality you know yeah yeah right i think uh, edge of tomorrow good movie very good movie great movie great i'd say great movie great movie I, yeah yeah the 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 monsters look incredible the it's super high concept like aside from the the kind of live die repeat thing like the the way that the monsters work themselves yeah the way that the monsters work themselves is is really kind of there's like a technicality to it you can tell that this movie is based on a book and the adaptation works better than i would have ever imagined as a film yeah it is a delight most definitely here here well, uh, we've come to the point of our episode where our resident uh, Timalorian, uh, which for this episode is going to be Tyler, uh, takes <laughs> it through the timeline that is Bill Paxton. All right, guys. Uh, first, I just want to say thank you for this opportunity. I also want to tell you that uh, before, I, before, I, before I share with you my timeline, this one was the easiest timeline I think I've ever done. It took me not long. Uh, my timeline on Jimmy Clement took me a solid hour. This one took oh me like 15 minutes, but I uh, I'm pretty happy with it. I think I I think if there is a conspiracy theory that holds water, it's that Bill Paxton had a career so as to have seemed to be one character in all of his movies, and it made sense. So without further ado, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, go ahead and uh, go through this guy. Yeah, all right. I'll, let me let me. Let me set the stage here, all right? The year is, uh, I don't remember the exact year of this movie, but the year is 18-something. Tombstone. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Morgan Earp. <laughs> Morgan Earp dies. Tombstone, un- you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, Tombstone. <laughs> got him? <laughs> tombstone, pepperoni. Morgan Earp, yeah. brother of White Earp, uh, tragically dies. Uh, gets gets killed by quote the cowboys, which is actually the name of the gang, the red scarf wearing scalawags. Well, back he dies, and uh, but uh, he he uh, 
in the dead of night in the morgue he is bitten by a vampire and, we, and he has then deemed himself the name severin where he's a vampire in the you know the uh the uh what transpires in the movie near dark that is a clean transition by the way he is a thank you i don't know if you're being sarcastic or not no i'm serious <laughs> but uh yeah so and you know he lives his gunslinging years out being a crazy wily little gunslinging vampire um you know having i would argue maybe lost his faith a little in humanity right um even though Wyatt Earp, his brother should have definitely restored that but i'm not trying to undermine my own uh timeline here so um hey, but <laughs> this is what happens so uh 1994 he finds himself in a little uh, Texas town outside of Sweetwater hanging out with this other gang of vampires that he comes across and uh, so after the accident where well not accident but after he gets hit with a truck and everything <laughs> he gets a transfusion and uh, blood transfusion but it doesn't go it's not all the way he doesn't completely get that vampire blood out of him but enough so that he's probably going to live for a long time but not forever and uh, he's no longer affected so much as, or at least so we think he's not affected so much by sunlight and the radiation that we get from UV rays. And we find ourselves, uh, he starts to live a nice small life with his new lease on said life. And he's living in a little small, snowy small town as a man named Hank Mitchell. Um, but he comes across this giant pile of money. He finds himself with the riches of wealth yet again. His bloodthirsty nature comes through regrettably and uh, he starts killing people. Um, <laughs> he just goes uh, killing again. Yeah, he just you know, he's some of that vampire blood still in there. But uh, you know, after he sees kind of what happens when you do all that, he realizes like, oh man, human life is kind of precious, you know. And he just he realizes like, you know, he's maybe better off being alone for a while, you know. And he uh, then he something pretty incredible happens. Uh, the 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 air is just right, and the. Uh, the uh what do you call them you know the things and such in the air <laughs> in the weather uh tornadoes happen and, uh, green clouds baby you know, he, he, he goes <laughs> yeah he goes it alone to study earth and its weather patterns he finds the beauty in the awesome perpetually flexed mother nature the divine joy he feels chasing those storms um and because of his uh from what he learns he actually creates you know the dorothy right and uh even though it gets stolen, it doesn't go unnoticed. Uh, he's recruited by NASA 40 years ago in the 60s. <laughs> the way in which this all happens is too incredible to describe, but it definitely happens. Um, oh, that's after it. All those... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> after, after the events of Apollo 13 happen, uh, all that good stuff, you know, he, uh, he decides to try yet again to just live a quiet life, and his life experience is serving him to write novels, kind of like a Tom Clancy figure, right? He briefly falls in love, has a beautiful daughter who teaches combat to and instills a strong sense of survival, discipline, and strength because he knows how harsh this world can be, right? Um, and then, uh, he, yeah. Uh, uh, let's talk about. <laughs> you got. Let's talk about, let's talk about uh, a little. Uh, after his daughter is almost killed by a spider web of bad guys, he goes back up to NASA and they're like, oh man, we don't have any jobs. You better go to the CIA. And he's like, okay. Nice. So then. Uh, you know he's just the guy they need he's uh 
He's he's got a strong sense of justice, but also we're out of jobs at NASA. Like, go off, to the CIA. He's, yeah, he's he's also he's also you know a loose cannon off the grid type, you know, and he understands the faults of truth of human nature, and he's able to use violence for the greater good, God and country, you know, working for the CIA. Uh, by the way, during this time, his alias is that of a lowly, cowardly car salesman named nice. Simon. Uh, in the movie Ooh. True Lies, even other spies can't detect it. He even goes so far as to piss on himself at the sight of a real agent. <laughs> Yet the agents never once think about how he was telling them that he knows their agents with his pee. Um, but then we, uh, so this guy, you know, uh, he's going he to works, bat for he his wor- boy. He works, he works, he works for the CIA for a long time, and finally finds himself uh, granted access to help the Wallace Mining Company in the future. He seems to not have aged a year, despite it being a century, maybe. But he finds himself uh, in the ranks of being Private Hudson fighting space xenomorphs. With his knowledge of xenomorphs and the horrors that still lie out on the final frontier, he uh, he's uh, you know he's now a Master Sergeant Farrell, waiting for mankind to turn over the wrong rock. He diligently trains new initiates in the movie Edge of Tomorrow into a beautiful core of human warriors, always anxious about what is next for us as a species, but always hopeful we will prevail. His mantra being never leaving anything, absolutely anything to chance. Aww. Thank you guys. And uh, oh, that's so sweet. That's Bill Paxton's timeline. <laughs> Thanks, I, guys. I, at the end, as soon as you did Aliens and you only had Edge of Tomorrow left, I was like, oh my god, of course he got promoted. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. It was like, yeah, they're going to promote that guy. He's got yeah, the experience. Yeah, he knows yeah. how to kill those xenomorphs. And uh, I do want to say, by the way, just to close out my timeline, uh, I do genuinely believe uh, Bill Paxton was probably a tremendous human being, and uh, I hope his family is doing well. And I'm very sad that he is no longer with us. It and is I'm honored to uh, to do this thing. So. All right, all right, Paxton. Ooh, nice. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, our next actor. I've decided officially. Uh, Drumroll. Based on a little comment that Tyler made earlier, also there's there's multiple franchises in his filmography uh often franchises that have uh well one of them uh, a big movie and then two movies that people don't like it's gonna be a lawrence fishburne <laughs> that was not what i was expecting based on the face right there oh my god that's so good who were you who are you expecting? I thought I was I was ex, I was already ex, ex, beyond ecstatic to do somebody else. I don't want to say who. I want to know. No, who. say who, and we'll cut it if we need to. Yeah. Well, if we if we do it later. Uh, or if it's or if it convinces me and it's a better well, idea. Because a part of me wants to pick him. Just do well, that. no, a part of me. Well, it's because a part of me wants oh. to pick him. So well, okay, so I don't want to. He's not. So, oh, so you can't. Okay, fine. It was. I was. I thought it was Philip Seymour Hoffman because we were talking about him so much. That would be amazing. But, but no, let's do Lawrence Fishburne. No. Let's do it. Yeah, because I want to do Matrix, great, great John Wick, uh, Mystic River, Apocalypse Now. Mm. We can find. We can watch The Mule, Clint Eastwood's oh, yeah. fucking 2018 yeah. weird ass movie. But he has a three way. Yeah, good. Yeah. The only thing I know. Uh, about. King of New York, Abel Ferreira's fucking Christopher Walken like scummy movie Ooh, from from cool. 1990 wow yeah he's he's in francis ford coppola's Rumblefish. are you guys familiar with that movie only vaguely let me read you this cast real quick matt dillon 
Mickey Rourke, Diane Lane, Dennis Hopper, Vincent Spano, Diana Scarwood, Nicholas Cage, Chris Penn, Lawrence Fishburne, Tom Waits, Sophia oh, Coppola, wow. Emmett Brown, or no, I was thinking Emma Emmett Walsh. Anyway, and it's 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 uh, Francis Ford Coppola's like it's like a really small movie about like a kid in Oklahoma. Wow. Interesting. He's in that, but it's it's super minor, so I don't know if it'll make the list, but it's yeah. it's super fucking interesting. Um anyway, yeah, Fishburne has some some great shit, man. Yeah, man. Well Cowboys we're still gonna finish up with Paxton and we gotta talk about yeah. our three. Excuse me, yeah. Sexiest, best performance, and bop. Okay. I'm not I'm not ready. I'm not, but I guess I can go. Jared, do you have you have an idea what you're gonna yeah. do? Yeah. Do it. Uh so uh my sexiest performance, I think, uh for Paxton is near dark. Um Okay. He is just Great. wild in that movie, and he, he uh, saunters up to that car. Uh, it works. Um, best performance? Um, I'm going to go with Apollo 13. Hmm. Uh, respect, mad respect. And I think for Bop, I'm going to go Twister. Wow. Nice. That's pretty okay, wow. Go. That's that's not what I expected. Well, I, I think it's at, out of all of these, I could see myself rewatching that soon. Okay. Can I go? Yeah, go go for it. You're up. All right. Sexy, sexy performance. Yeah. Twister. Also true. Easy. Best performance. Mm, best performance is ooh, best performance tombstone yeah even it's short even though it's short it is my favorite and best the bopper the bopper oh boy the bopper is it's gonna be tombstone again nice double tombstone i'm so surprised that jared didn't go go there but i think it's because he's excited about the new movie that he just saw yeah and not I mean, the one that he's seen a jillion times yeah yeah and i got the tattoo of wait no. what <laughs> i'm just adding <laughs> to the wikipedia i've got a tombstone tattoo the pizza not the movie <laughs> <laughs> it just well it says pepperoni we know it's tombstone but it could be bagel bites I was you could have some money coming your money way early yeah got him. Uh, Sexiest performance is also Twister for me. I think it's a no-brainer. Um, well, Near Dark is close, but yeah, I think sexiest performance is Twister. Um, and then favorite performance, best actor material. Um, I'm going to also go Apollo 13. Um Nope, no, no, no. I'm going Tombstone. I love it. It's short, and he's he's so quiet, and he's he's pulled all the way back until he doesn't need to be. He does exactly what's asked of him, and he is the little brother that you miss and love, and he makes you want to cry in Tombstone. Uh, and then the bop is... 
I'm I'm so split between a simple plan and Apollo 13. Oh, I like for... they're they're both different movies and I think I think I, both of them would be like 9 out of 10 for me. To, to vicariously live through you, I know which one I want you to pick. I'm going to go simple plan. Yes. Yes. Um I just yes. well Apollo 13 is a movie that I want to watch a lot more, but a simple plan is uh yeah, it's I mean some of the it's the best writing on the list in my opinion um all of the uh every single thing that happens in that story is is purposeful and pointed and thematically resonant and it is great uh so yeah my 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 best overall picture is simple plan and then a new segment that we're adding because of this uh does anyone have any of these movies that are beneath beneath the cdl uh, two guns for me. Um, you know what? Haywire floats close. close I was gonna say Haywire's under for me. You know me. what? You know what? I what? like I like cats and dogs more than I like True Lies. Whoa! Wee hmm. wee. <laughs> I, I that might have been one of my least favorite movies. We got a hot Maybe. one. I mean. Maybe it's I think it was because so you were to, frustrated. Um, yeah, because yeah. it was so hard to find. And also, I was looking at a fourth of what I should be looking at. Because the aspect or whatever. like the, uh, I didn't know where they oh. were half the time because it was so close onto his face. I forgot I just, that you guys watched it like that. Here, I have to find it somewhere. I will give you eventually. Well, that'll be housekeeping three years from now when Tyler rewatches True Lies. And he'll be ready to admit that it veritably slaps. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, in three years. I'm going to put Haywire we'll under it. I'm going to put two guns under it i'm gonna put a simple plane under it um so uh on that what? line uh oh thank you God. everybody i uh, almost did a spit take uh, jesus and, christ uh, so that's a uh, goodbye from jared jack tyler alabady and levi Dunning. uh we'll see you in another timeline